podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome to episode 324 of Film Bastard. I am one of your co-hosts, Matt Buster, and as ever, I am joined by... Ian Buster, hello everyone. And... Ian Loring. Hello there. And Irish Ian Loring. Um, what do we have this week? We have we have The Irishman, um, a film that comes out in the future on Netflix, uh, but 27th of yeah, the comes out of the yeah, Netflix. Next uh, Wednesday. But has been uh, screening like randomly for the past like month or two. Yeah, this has been awful lot. It's a very much a. Do you want to play the Irishman? Do you want to play, are you allowed to play the Irishman? Wait, can we check? We, we, we are we are allowed to play the Irishman. Our, our parent company is not stopping us from playing the Irishman. Right, brilliant. When do you want to play it? I don't know. Thursday? Yeah, fuck it. They can play it Thursday. <laughs> it seems to be that. Oh, we want to play the Irishman. Who owns you? It's. Be yeah, you can't do that. Who uh, owns you? <laughs> so yeah, it, it literally has been that. Um, so yeah, so some people may have seen it. Some people will probably have seen it by the time they listen to this. To be honest, because I think it'll be a, a lot of people will watch it day one on that. Mm. Um, so yes, yeah, so that could be quite interesting. Um, but as well, it's a new release that literally is available to pretty much everybody. Yeah. Uh, we've got our next Patreon pick film to do, one that you've been quite excited about for quite a while, I think, uh, in Dark City. Um, and we've I got... I watched it, like, when did I watch it? Tuesday night, and I'll watch it again now. Um, and we... And I know I've got quite a lot of um, of what I've been watching. Yeah. I know you've got quite a bit, haven't you? Maybe. I haven't logged any of it on that a lot. That's not my fucking problem. I haven't uh, I've got the usual tangents, trailers, anything like that. One trailer which Ian is particularly excited about. Uh, oh, yes. So, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll get into some of that. Uh, has there been any news in the past week? I mean, I, there probably has. I, I, there was a, a, some fucking kerfuffle about Joker getting a sequel, and like there was one report that said Todd Phillips was looking at Joker 2, and... 
producing other DC origin films. And then another report said, no, it's just Joker 2. He's not interested in the DC origin films. And then another report came out today with Todd Phillips being quoted as saying, nah, I'm not doing any of them. <laughs> so um that that's been some interesting scuttlebutt on the on the internet um it, it, it does seem like exactly the same people who will have been annoyed about the fact that there might be a joker 2 tr- um, film will now be the exact type of people exact same people who will be annoyed that tom phillips is saying there won't be another one yeah it will be yeah. people going, why does he need to make another one it's perfect he said he wasn't going to I, actually he said he, he's not going to well why isn't he going to but a billion dollars everyone wants to see another one Parasite's doing really well. Parasite is doing very well, yeah. A movie that, again, like a lot of films like that, seems to have been around for like, it, it feels like it's been around for years. I'm well excited to watch that. <coughs> yeah. I'm, I'm glad I only know so much about that film. I'm really, that's one where, if I'm being absolutely honest, if a screener is on the internet for that, I will watch it because releasing that fucking thing in february over here is retarded i i i would say there's a there's a a strong possibility you'll watch it then (laughs) nice um yeah i you know it's it if there's a way of watching these things legally before the end of the year or like early january then great yeah i don't know it just it seems odd and i get i get curzon's um thoughts in terms of get it right around bafta and oscar uh time for release but I, with the internet being what it is i mean like you look at um uh, do you guys know the thing about the mandalorian yeah yeah, yeah you are gonna you, you won't worry as and spoilers on that yeah so there, there's okay i mean like you know, Disney Plus doesn't come out in a lot in a lot of territories until the end of March. Twitter has been absolutely fine to meme the fuck out of the character that's revealed at the end of episode one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it, it, it does seem mental that, doesn't it? And the, 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 yeah, it is trivial. Yeah. Um. That there is so men- so much of that about, and so very little people going, "Whoa!" Spoilers. I mean- there's there's there there are some but this is the thing it's like i'm very i'm honestly worried that the like whatever whatever the what the fuck moment like uh, mark hermo tweeted i think today that he saw um parasite and he's glad it's coming out in february because he might be able to get over his wtaf reaction but it's like somebody is gonna fucking spoil that on twitter someone's gonna retweet it and it's gonna get all over the fucking place yeah and then yeah. that's it. Great. Parasites lessened. Unless, frankly, you get hold of a screener. Yeah, it, it, it's it's mental that, that Parasite, where has literally has come out fully in other regions months ago. Not like a couple months ago, like six, seven months ago. Really? Yeah. It, it, I, I'm not, pretty sure it's out on blue in France already, but it doesn't have English subtitles. I'm, yeah, I'm fairly certain it is. It, it's, it's out... Um, in, in most places on home release before it actually comes out in the UK in the cinema. That is mad. Yeah. Um, it, it's mental that, that nobody that, that, that nobody picked it up. You know, that, 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 that somebody like even Netflix or Prime or dare I say fucking Sky Cinema didn't yeah. go, fuck okay. it. Whatever. 
Wow. I mean, a, fil- a film it, that is already being tipped, you know, was being tipped six months ago as being on a lot of people's best of the year list. Mm. Can't get what is it? I, I luckily I know nothing about it whatsoever. I, I, other than it is called Parasite, and I don't know if it's even about some kind of parasite or if that is in relation to some kind of any, anything else or anything like that. So I have no idea what it's about at all. Don't know what kind of film it is. Do you not know watch the trailer? Nope. Apparently it is one that there's a, there's a reveal. Don't wanna. Don't wanna. So yeah, if people do spoil it, it's going to be shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So that, that's that's what um, annoys me about that. But I mean, like, fair play to Curzon because they've said it's going to be their first film in like two or three years that they're not just going to put on um, Curzon Home Cinema day and date. They're actually going to give it a wide theatrical. It will play Cineworlds and views and audience that are interested in having it, which is, you know, which is really, really good. It just it's is it that release date after and, it, and it's available because it was but, no, a lot of people don't get things that are available nowadays they just don't um so it will do all right but the problem what i would say there is I, I very much doubt there's anything stopping them releasing it next week or yeah. last week i mean like i say it, it's it's the it's the strike while the iron's hot and if they release it in mid-february that is right around after an oscar season yeah, yeah. That, that, that's that, that's what they're looking at. I mean, that, that, that's it. I mean, that, that's why so many Oscar films come out in, in January and February over here. Like, I think um, A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood is end of January. Um, uh, Richard Jewell, the new Clint Eastwood one, is January. Um, not, not a lot wants to go up as well against, at the moment, last Christmas. And then, what? It's doing fucking great money. Um for that they don't want to go up against that mm. then they don't want to go up against the new jumanji movie i mean it, 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 that's like what two weeks oh. i think and then uh, you've got fucking star wars yeah it's star wars what? no it's jumanji and then the thursday after that it's star wars and the day after that it's um everyone's most anticipated film of the decade <laughs> so yeah so a lot of people want to go up against those mm. movies especially with what will be perceived as a small art house movie. And then, I mean, like Boxing Day, you've got Little Women, um, which is a fucking genius release date for that. Like that's, and I'm not being sarcastic, that Little Women will make some serious fucking bank between Boxing Day and New Year. Like serious bank. Um, And then January 1st, you've got uh, Jojo Rabbit and The Gentleman. You know, it's just like they kind of keep coming and they keep coming. And it's where do you slot in Parasite, a foreign language film directed by Bong Joon-ho? You're going to have to do it when it is in the mainstream media talking about all its award nominations. Yeah. Don't, like, what the, what the, you're the, about to do, yeah, is drop it in where they're dropping it in. I dropped it in three weeks ago. Yeah, no, I mean, that's it. It's like the release date does make sense. It's just really fucking annoying because, you know, Twitter is going to is going to drop drop the ball on it yeah absolutely. so there, there you go um i'll also i suppose maybe we'll talk about this more in a couple of weeks time but um elizabeth banks is um interesting reaction to the box office failure of charlie's angels yeah um, it, 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 it's an odd one that because i i am 
I think all the trailers have made it look crap. But I'm still I'm 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 still in a way still quite looking forward to to watching it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean I, I'm intrigued by it to be honest. Not intrigued by it in a how um, crap it's made or anything like that. I'm I like Elizabeth Banks um, as an actress. I like her as a writer. I've actually quite liked her as a director so far. What else has she done? Pitch um, Perfect Two. Two. Um, which wasn't a great film, but at least it was it was an interesting idea. She didn't just do a repeat of the first. Mm. Um, so I'm looking at that and going, I'm fine with all that. But the other interesting point there is, why is Kirsten Stewart in this movie? Why is she, with all of what she comes out and says, and the, the path that she's taken over the past five or six years, mm. to avoid movies like that with a passion, why is she now in this movie? Because I don't think it's because she needs a payday or anything bullshitty like that. Why is she in it? And I, I just want to see what, what's what's got all of this there. And is it is it crap or is it just a, 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 a is it just a product now that just nobody wants to fucking buy? This Why is I, it. I don't think it's because she needs a payday. Because I don't think she needs a fucking payday. Kristen Stewart doesn't need a payday because she collects an awful she does an awful lot of um non-acting work there yeah she's yeah. like an ambassador for dior yeah she gets a shitload of money for, from that she's not she, she's not likely from a family where she would need to be worrying about paying the rent if she wasn't an actress let's say no but i in the same way that there's lots of actors that you wouldn't think would need to do payday movies they'll do like a blockbuster type one where they get paid well so that they can carry on doing their industry. but she's also she, she doesn't do she, she doesn't do indie indie movies though a no. lot of the time and as well she's done the blockbuster thing she's done the franchise and she fucking hated it mm. so it it, it 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 seems like a it, it's a left field choice for it smart and smart and do yeah. and then you have the whole thing with the um the Lana Del Rey Ariola Grande and um Miley Cyrus thing which in the first fucking did you first, just call her Ariola Grande? We always call her. I've always called that. And I always will. Fucking hell, all right. I just haven't spotted that before. Sorry. Go on. Um. And it's to the, the put all of those together. And the first trailer was essentially an advert for that fucking song rather than the yeah. movie. And then the movie comes out and none of them are anywhere to be fucking seen. And not only that, it's like Miley Cyrus, uh, it, it seems, has been told, don't you fucking dare mention it, you are toxic at the moment. Yeah. Lana Del Rey has gone, I'm just not going to mention it. Not only am I not going to mention it, I'm going to fucking tw- I'm gonna put out a shitload of stuff on Instagram on the day it comes out that says nothing about it to prove how much I am not <laughs> going to mention it. <laughs> um, and it, it does seem like Grande has just gone, did I sing on that? Lana Del Rey does seem sorry as fuck about this song. Uh, Lana Del Rey, it, it, it absolutely 100% smacks of they've gone Lana do you want to do this and she's gone no and they've gone you're under contract we're saying you've got to do it and she's gone I am phoning it in literally phoning it in 
It wouldn't actually surprise me if she did actually do her vocals over the phone. It wouldn't surprise me if if the person who's in the video for it wasn't Lana Del Rey. It was just a double that Lana Del Rey sent. <laughs> Got a bit of face replacement going on, have we? Yeah. I just went, not even not even saw the studio, just went, just go. You just go, Samantha. Your name's Lana today. And she's gone, so I'm you today. Yeah. All right, cool. It's like, just walk around like you're better than everybody. Occasionally flap your head a little bit and look miserable as fuck. You'll, it's easy. I've been doing it for like 10 years. It's well easy. Go. Artist of the fucking decade. Q Magazine. Go. And that's all she's done. I, it, it might be genius. I don't get the appeal of Lana Del Rey at all. Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> Hot seems like a complete fucking bitch. Says her pussy tastes like Pepsi Cola, and she's a big red. So yeah, she's ticking some boxes. Your wife seems dead impressed with that. But, <laughs> um, but no, I mean it's just the it it is annoying that Elizabeth Banks is immediately like just blaming it on the most stereotypical factor you could expect it to be blamed on. Well, she it on. So but basically she said, we've had 37 Spider-Mans. Can't we have one of these? Um, and saying, and she basically said before it came out that if like, uh, basically if this isn't a success, then it just shows what kind of like um, male focused action film uh, films society actually wants. Like she was very, if you don't buy a, a ticket for Charlie's Angels, you don't support women, essentially. Yeah. But the it, thing it, is, it, it was very much like that. It, it, it was the, the, the what is it? Why can't we have one of these? Was a little bit like you imagine that somebody just nudged her afterwards and went, "This is the third Charlie's Angels movie in the past fifteen years." But. I mean, also, I was reading a report, I think, on Deadline over the weekend, last weekend. It was like over the summer that Sony decided to half the advertising budget for the film because they could kind of smell what was in the water just regarding the quality of the film. And apparently the film is fine. Yeah. Like, and I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it and being able to decide for myself on, on, on the merits of the individual film. But the marketing is non-existent i haven't seen a sink uh no i've seen one trailer for it in the cinema um and it it, it just it's a weird time i know we were talking about parasites release it just feels like a weird time to release charlie's angels you release this like kind of very early in the blockbuster season or just before the blockbuster season kind of like march time as a warm-up to the bigger, bigger, bigger films, you're probably going to do something. You release it... It seems like the, the, the film that you release the weekend before the Premier League starts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's perfect. That is perfect. Yeah, it, it, August, August the 14th, this film's really... Honestly, um, studios won't, in the UK won't release a film uh, the first weekend of the, a big movie the first weekend of the Premier League in the same way as um, during a World Cup they will avoid releasing all the big films you might get one at the start and you might get one in the middle when the group stages end they yeah, think it's, 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 it's when the group stages end there's like a solid two weeks where there is nothing and then there will be one big one one big release and then, and it, then it will kind of kick on again through July yeah do we not think maybe with Charlie's Angels that it's possibly down to the fact that the, the three leads, one of them is notoriously a miserable bitch, 
and the other two are nobodies. I, I do think it's, it, it's... You know, you look at the original Charlie's Angels, you've got What's-Her-Face. Yeah, they, they, they are that recognisable that you literally forgot who they were. Lucy <laughs> Cameron Diaz and Drew Barrymore. Like, who, were, who were massive stars yeah. at the time. They were, they were three of the biggest names. You've got the chick out of Twilight and two people that... Who the fuck are they? I mean, I, 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 Naomi Scott, I'm a fan of because of Aladdin, but... There is a fair, sh- there is a fair shot of who the fuck are they? Yeah, they, they, they are, they're not, they're, they're not. But I think they were hoping that it, it would, it would be the supporting cast with what is it? And this would, it, the whole thing was, it's the, the whole idea of when you're making a big, when you're kickstarting a franchise again now, isn't to do like what they were doing in the early noughties where you got a big recognisable star or a big recognisable group of actors and went, bang, here we go. And you followed the um, Ocean's Eleven route of it and went, right, let's get big stars and put them in it. It is now more to go along the more Marvel um, thing of going... Because nobody knew, knew who Robert Downey Jr. was. He, he was toxic at the time, though. Yeah, he was. They didn't want him. They didn't want him to do it. They didn't want him to be an Iron Man. And Favreau had to literally fucking vouch for him um, <laughs> and, and say that the student didn't want him. Chris Hemsworth was just a guy who was in Home and Away. No, Chris Hemsworth was a hot guy. Who was right, in Home and fair away. enough. But <laughs> that's what they've done. They got nobody knew who fucking Tom Hiddleston was, and the world might have been a better place for it. Um, and. So that was that. That's what they did, and then every now when they try to kick, start a new franchise, it's right. We'll get these people in because we can get them in on three picture deals, cheap. Yeah, but not everything's got the background of being Marvel, has it? But Marvel didn't have the fucking background of being Marvel when it started. I think a lot of comic book readers would probably argue with you there. Nobody could have predicted at the start. Oh, no, I, got so that's what no. I'm saying. Not to this level. You know, Chris Evans wasn't a household name. When he was cast as Cap. Um, I think you'll find TFI Friday was on ages before they started Marvel. Exactly. You just proved my point. <laughs> anyway. Oh, it's me hitting the ship, isn't it? Yeah. Charlie's Angels ship. I, I'm, 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 I'm still looking forward to it. We're not, we're not reviewing that, are we? I mean, I'll, um, I'll go see it. Uh, but to be fair, it's out late. It's out next Friday and Knives Out is out next Wednesday, so I'm pretty fucking sure the main review will be Knives Out. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm, I think Knives Out is going to be really good. I'm, I just, the trailers aren't doing it for me. No, I mean, I'm watching the trailers and going, I'm, I'm excited for that film. If you explain that film for me, that cast, that type of story, that director, I'm going, yeah, I'm all for that. And then you show me the trailer, and there's nothing in it that makes me go, no, it doesn't work for me. But even Daniel Craig's accent. The whole thing, also as well, it, I just go, right, I kind of want, I want to watch the movie. I just, I don't, I don't ever need to see that fucking trailer again. I think the trailer's great. I think, um, I think it's the dodgy CGI knives out logo thing. <laughs> It does. It looks a little bit like a PlayStation 2 game. Yeah, I get what you mean. <laughs> but the rest of it, I'm all for. I do have one thing, though, about Knives Out that, w- that will 
will cause it to, in my brain, lose a lot straight away. If it's not all set in that house, then I will be a little bit like, uh... Why? Because I like the idea of it all being a who done it all mm. in one setting, all in that one house and the grounds of that house. Mm. If it then flashes across to somewhere else and somewhere else, I'm gonna be like, uh, what about flashbacks? Flashbacks. If there's a couple of them, I, I, I'm all right with that. Yeah. Um, and you know, if we see the journeys of these people, you know, in quick scenes of them getting to the house, fine. But I want the, I want basically. 90% of the movie to be set in the house. They're allowed to be in the grounds. Yeah. Yeah. A bit like Ready or Not. Where all that was set in the house. Yeah. 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 Trailers? Trailers, yes. Um, what have we watched? What what, what have we watched back? What Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Um, well, in, in, well, I think it's going to be a theme of our trailers thing. of Second trailers, which... Playing a very, very different film to first trailers. <laughs> I am I am fucking pumped for Sonic the Hedgehog. Can I, can I just say one thing about the, the new Sonic? The new Sonic design? Yeah. Don't you think, and this is mental this, I'm going to blow your mind here. The new Sonic design looks an awful lot like Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like. The game. Why didn't you just do that in, in the, the first place? place? I know. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's interesting because, like, they... they in the trailer, in the voiceover, it says, like, I'm an alien, I came to your world. And it's like, okay, so did they try to make, like, an alien version of a real hedgehog, but dye it blue? Yeah, and give it massive cars. And massive fucking teeth as well. Uh, it just, yeah, he looks like Sonic. Well done, guys. I bet that cost you fucking $30 million to fix. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, there was one guy in that... Di- in that design team that one guy in that design team who was sat in the back when they were all drawing the designs up who was sat at the back twisting a pen going I've got an idea you know the game the Mega Drive game yeah why would you make him look like that and I've got no we've got to do this and he's gone he literally he's already designed why are we having a design meeting about this he already is a computer animated character don't why, why, why don't you use that and then somebody else, after $30 million extra, has gone, I've got a really fucking good idea. What? And has drawn it out and gone, there you go, and gone, that's brilliant. Where'd you get that? And the guy in the back's just going, The fucking game! Going, it's the fucking... Goes home and goes, do you know what they've done, Julie? They've fucking used the game. I've been saying it for eight months. <laughs> but it looks fun. It does look a lot of fun. It looks a lot of fun in the first fucking trailer. Nightmarish, but a lot of fun. <laughs> I, but honestly, I, I laughed an awful lot. The yarn thing, the big yarn museum, where he runs off and then comes back with the three balls of yarn. And James Man's going, what's his legs going? It wasn't that good, we should have stopped. <laughs> no, it wasn't that, that good, but the gift shop was brilliant. Yeah, that was it, yeah. I, um, I, I enjoyed Jim Carrey's latte bit. <laughs> I'm up, I'm I'm up for Jim Carrey just like doing Robin Williams on a pound of coke like manic. I'm very very up for that. Did you hear what Robin Williams what, Robin Williams, what um, Jim Carrey said about that about that role? Because he, he was asked about you know why did you take on that role, and he said because it, he it, it, he said he his agent gave him it and said 
Um, you've been offered this, but you won't want it. But I still give you anyway. And he read it and went, this is the sort of movie that I would have made 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Mm. And I said, do you know what? I actually kind of want to start making the movies that I was making 25 years ago again without it seeming like I'm trying to make the movies that I was making 25 years ago. Mm. So I'm maybe... Maybe I need to sort of allow myself to be Jim Carrey again a couple of times every couple of years. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm really fucking good with that. I'm, I'm really looking forward to just the chaoticness of that man and the amount that he will just fucking throw out there. And there'll be, you know, there will be 500 Carrey jokes in that, and maybe if 50 of them land, it'll be hilarious. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing Jim Carrey so much fun again. Absolutely. What else have we got? Antebellum? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see this. Looks really good. I'm fine for it. Fine? Looks fine. Oh, God, you're amazing. It looks fine. It looks like it, it, it is very much like they've trying to convince that they're very much leaning into from the producers of get out and us by making a poster that is basically the same as the us poster but wouldn't you me if you were trying to publicize a film it's fine but, like but it's just weird storyline but i was just watching it going don't really know what the foot's going here and it isn't interesting me in any way i was good <laughs> What, what else have you seen, bud? Um, I, I mean, there's the big one, but I kind of feel like there's probably others. I can't actually think of any others, because I haven't watched the Call of the Wild trailer. Oh, yeah, neither have uh, I. Which, yeah, looks like, that. just from looking at the, the still of it, it looks like Harrison Ford is literally thinking to himself in the still of it, Oh, I was so drunk when I agreed to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so I um I received a WhatsApp the other day from from the boy chat, and in my mind's eye, I just thought someone's going to tell me the new Cats trailer's out, and they didn't. And um then there was an announcement on Twitter about uh the new cats trailer coming the next day. And I accidentally WhatsApped my manager saying new cats trailer tomorrow. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Did they ever reply? Um, hang about. Uh, so it was my, it was my, it was my boss and the other two managers in the area. Um, so I, I said, new Cats trailer tomorrow, let's fucking go, all in caps lock. And that was the wrong chat. And then another one, but still, new Cats trailer, let's fucking go. (laughs) To which I got quite a lot of crying laugh emojis from people. (laughs) Now, the thing about Cats is the way that Mark referenced earlier on about the trailers being different is how they have completely pivoted mm. in in what they're doing with this, where 
the first trailer comes out and it, it's like it's got memory and it's quite like mysterious shots and then there's kind of some frivolity in there but and then it ends on quite a quiet note as well and it, it's like like what the fuck are they doing are they, is this supposed to be serious and now it's basically britain's got talent colon cats it looks like a fucking panto it does look like a panto. Mm. It, it, yeah, I mean, it. And a bad panto, like, like the the opera house panto. It, 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 it has a massive whiff of um, TV special, Christmas special about it. Yeah. It's. But it's got Taylor Swift shaking her cat tits. <laughs> yeah, it does have Taylor Swift shaking her t- cat tits. Yeah. Um. I it, mean, it, 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 it has. It also does have uh, Idris Elba in in the role where you're looking and going, it's like you're daring Razzie to give you all of the awards. I don't know, man. Jason Derulo might be on for that. How's Jason Derulo going to go this entire movie without singing his own name? Maybe he will. He he will because it's all he can do. It just they, they they seem to have gone right. We're gonna we're gonna release the first trailer for Cats. You know. You know, spent a lot of money on this. Got a lot of people in this. We need to make it look really fucking classy. And then the reaction to it has just been, "What are the actual <laughs> fucking this abomination?" And they've gone, "Fuck it, pivot." Yeah, but <laughs> abort, ha- abort. However, I kind of admire them for that. I kind of admire them for going. They they could have dug their heels in and still gone down that road, and it would have been a, a, a bomb. It would have it, it would have been an absolute. Nobody had gone near it. What they're now doing is they're going in the right direction and going, no, we've just made a fun movie about a bunch of singing cats. Look, here's Taylor Swift's cat tits. Here's Jason Derulo. He is going to sing his own name at some point. Look, look, it's Luther. But he's a disappearing cat. And they've gone for all of that. James. And James Corden. You all love James Corden. You're British. He's British. You all love him, don't you? You all like Gavin and Stacey. No, we fucking hate him. That's why we sent him to America. No, you, you you don't love him? No, we don't. Here's James Corden! Sorry? I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get who's watched... Me and Isabel, while Mark was away, attempted watch the musical Cats because I've never seen it before and we honestly we got about 20 minutes in and I had to turn it off because we were both just like watching it up mouth like what the fuck who watches that musical and goes do you know what would be good a film of this adult people being cats it's I, not creepy at all do you know what? this one thrusts his groin at the camera all the time I wonder if that's in the fucking movie do you know what the, 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 there will be a lot of people like me There'll be, there'll be a lot of people like him who are genuinely excited for this, and I think that's great. There'll be a lot of people like me who, who will go, Tom Hooper's making Cats the musical, yeah. And it's got it's got Idris Elba, James Corden in it, and all that, all that. Right, okay. Oh, and it's got Taylor Swift the cat in it. Yep, fine, fuck it, I'm going. I want to see that. I want to see that. I, I need to see what that looks like, because it sounds fucking mental. And this is it. It sounds mental. And that's why I want to see it. Because I want to see if it's mental. I, I also think that the the runtime will depend on it a lot of that. I, I fucking hope it's three and a half hours long. 
I think it's going to be 110 minutes. Yeah, it's it'll be it'll be under two hours. I, I, I reckon need to get the fuck out of there. I reckon I reckon when they did the first sort of trailer, which actually was a, which actually was like a feature at EPK, more of that. I reckon in the first trailer, I reckon it was two and a, I reckon it's about two and a half hours, and then I reckon they went literally. We need to cut loads of it. Loads of it. Is there any talking? Yeah, cut it. It won't make sense. Oh, I, I'm sorry, Tom. A bunch of fucking life-size fucking cats. That makes fucking sense. Cut all of the talking. See, that pisses me off as well, because you watch the trailer, and obviously they've made... Oh, God, is he the director of The Danish Girl? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um... The furniture. They've obviously they've made the furniture and everything bigger because they're supposed to be cat-sized. But they've made it, like, too big... What are these cats? Are they are they like mouse size cats? They, they, they everything's too they, big around. Yeah, them. it is. We've owned cats, and and they they aren't like the same size as the first three inches of a chair. No, it's it's just fucking stupid. And the thing is, they've spent a lot of money on this film, and it just looks horrific. <laughs> like honestly, horrific, nightmare inducingly horrific. Ian, are you still really excited about it? I really, really, genuinely hope you are. I'm fucking jacked. I'm so disappointed I'm, that Star Wars is going to be on in 4DX the weekend this comes out because Jesus Christ, do I want to see this in some moving seats? I want the most fucking obnoxious experience at the cinema watching this that I can possibly get. I like I can't, I want to I want to watch it to hate myself for a couple of hours. And it, just, it, what I would say there is, so if there was if there was a screening where people were actually all going dressed as cats, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, God, would you, probably will be. Which there might be. Would you would you go to that screening? Yeah. Would you dress? Would you dress no, would you dress as Russell Crowe dressed as a dog? No, no, no. I would dress as fucking Bagpuss. <laughs> The thing is, I, the, the thing is, I'm looking at it going. It's out December the twentieth, right? So December the twentieth, five days before Christmas, it's fuck. It, it's everyone's in a happy kind of spirit a little bit. I am fine with going and spending what I hope will be 110 minutes with this movie and going, coming out and going, and either going, do you know what? That was fine. Or coming out and going, what the fuck just happened? It, it's, the it, worst it, thing that can happen in this movie is if it's, it, it, is if it's, well, it was a bit boring, really. Can I go watch Star Wars while you go watch Cats? You can. Cats, but if they cross over and Cats is brilliant, I will burst into that screaming of Star Wars and start singing Memories. Yeah. It's going to be my great, it's, it's, it's going to be my greatest showman. Can I just clarify, though, Ian? Are you yeah. expecting it to be good? God, no. <laughs> right, okay. But that, that, that's it. You can go to a movie. The thing is, it, it's like there's a lot of time where people say something's so bad, it's good. And I hate that phrase. I, I, I despise the phrase, it's, it's so bad, it's good. But you can go to a movie and sit down and just enjoy the pure enjoyment. Of experiencing that uh, of that movie, mm. and a, a lot of the time those movies don't have to be good. Was Was London Has Fallen a good movie? Not really, yes. no. But but <laughs> was the the spectacle of enjoyment there? Law Abiding Citizen is not a good movie. Yes, it at is. All. Why are you coming for Gerald Butler? 
Butler? Because literally Gerard Butler is the poster boy for what I'm talking about. <laughs> look, look. in the end of the day, as I said the other day at, at, on the last show, as long as the post credits of this reveals Russell Crowe is dogs, I don't care. about. Like, the, the thing is, I don't know. Maybe it will get to you. Maybe they will conjure this world, which is quite breathtaking to watch a couple of uh, for a couple of hours. It, but it just it looks like a waking nightmare. It looks like Tom <laughs> Hooper's id writ on screen. And it, it, it does look, yeah, it does look like there's a possibility you'll go and see it and kids will run out screaming and you'll go. This is the best thing that's ever happened. I mean, th- this is the thing. It's like. It's so, so the Wednesday of that week, there's a Cineworld Unlimited screening of A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood. So going to go see that. So then, it'll be open by then. Oh, nice. <laughs> then there's a half five in the morning super screen screening of Star Wars on the Thursday. And then on the Friday after work, I am going to take beers in. I might just take a bottle of wine in for myself and yeah. just... That's what you need no, to I, need a, I think a bottle of wine is a good one. I would take a bottle of wine in an actual wine glass. Yeah, yeah, and 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 just watch cats because Lottie wants to watch it, but I think Mark's right. I've got a feeling it might just be a bit too fucking weird for kids. <laughs> that's. I think that's going to be it. I think there are going to be stories of kids just getting terrified and literally going home and just screaming at their house cat. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm very excited and, and good on Universal for pivoting with the marketing. They needed to do that. They've embraced the silliness on Twitter. Let's just have some fucking fun before Christmas. Yeah. And also, I'm very surprised that Taylor Swift is just in the credits and she's not an and Taylor Swift. Oh, that's a good... oh yeah. Good. No, because it's and introducing Francesca Haywood, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You'd think it'd be introducing Francesca Haywood after and Taylor Swift. But they're in. She's just like in the middle of it. Yeah, but I mean, like to be fair, they've done some reshoots where Taylor Swift now performs the entirety of the album 1989 during the middle of Cats, so she's in it quite a long. Yeah, are they allowed to show that bit though? <laughs> <laughs> or as Scoot said, she isn't. <laughs> oh, that's a good point, old Scooter. Right, that was trailers. Cats. Uh, cats. <laughs> you still. I don't know. I don't know. You don't get the, the, the ridiculousness of it. I get the ridiculousness, but I just there's no part of me that wants to see it. That's oh, it just looks so fucking funny. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm gonna mute my. Has he gone? Uh, Has he muted himself so he can have some quiet hysterics in the background? <laughs> the possibility. Ian. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's good. I'm good. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, Tom Hooper, what have you done? <laughs> also, I, I refuse to pay money to see anything that Judy does. Well, you'll have an unlimited card, though. Won't you, so it'll be fine. Yeah. Right. Oh, fucking our, hell, cats. Our feature review uh, is Martin Scorsese's. I heard you paint houses. Can you believe this weather, Frank? Huh? It's 85 degrees outside. Perfect. Hey, Tony Jack. Good to see you, Jimmy. 
People freezing to death in New York. And look at us. Why we don't live here all year round is what I want to know. Beautiful. It's summer. What? It's summer. People aren't freezing to death in New York. It's summer. In my mind, it's always eight degrees in New York. I'm making a point. Making a point? Making a point dressing like that? Is that you dress for me? Mm-hmm. And this is how you dress in Florida? In a suit? For a meeting? Anywhere. Florida, Timbuktu, I dress in a suit. For a meeting. And you're late. What? You're late. And it was traffic. Yeah, it's traffic. <laughs> Wasn't it traffic? You give me traffic. <laughs> traffic. What do you what do you want from us? It was bumper to bumper. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's it's bad, you know. Traffic. I never waited for anyone who was late more than ten minutes in my life. I'd say fifteen. Fifteen's right. No, ten. I don't think so. Ten's not enough. You have to take traffic into account. If that's that's what I'm doing. I'm taking traffic into account. That's why it's ten. I still say fifteen. No, ten. Fine, we. We disagree on that. Well, how oh. about 12 and a half minutes? There we go. Hey, 12 and a half. Middle, right it's in the middle. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, more than 10 is saying something. He's saying something to me? No, I'm here. Hmm. It says what it says. Uh, which is a film that actually De Niro brought to him. Very similar to Raging Bull, actually. Listen, the fucking book is Scorsese clearly wants it to be called I Heard You Paint Houses, so that's it. Yeah, I Scorsese had a fucking boner for calling it I Heard You Paint Houses. Yeah, he did. It, it, literally, it's called that twice in the credits, it's only called The Irishman once, and I still maintain after Scorsese left the editing room, they turned around to film machine maker and went, can you put a The Irishman um, thing in just there? And she's gone, I just need to chat with Marty. We'll give you an extra 500 grand if you don't chat with Marty. We're Netflix. We've got shitloads of money. She's gone. Ah, fuck it. Go on, mate. End credits. Um, yeah, so it's I Heard You Paint Houses. Why isn't it just called I Heard You Paint Houses? Um, I think the there was something to do with the studio just didn't want to call it that. <laughs> I mean, it's a bit vague. It's a fucking great title, though. It's a fucking, I, 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 just as mild tangent in, I think I Heard You Paint Houses is a great fucking title. Mm. When you think about the actual, what that actually means. Yeah. It's a fucking great title. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's one that's been going on and bubbling around um, for a number of years. Um, and Scorsese is wanting to make it for getting on I think it's about five or six years now, mm. but um, it's, it's never quite got there, and he didn't. He, he never thought he'd get the budget. Along come Netflix, give him the budget. Um, so the story is there's a lot of fucking stories. Certainly not a theme park. Uh, anyway, um, so you've got De Niro there. You've got Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, Ray Romano, Bobby Cannavale, Anna Paquin, Steve Graham, Jesse Plemons, Harvey Keitel, Steve Van Zandt's fucking in there. Um, who else you've got a lot you've got a shitload of people there's a lot of people where you go <laughs> is that yeah uh, all within that uh, so it's basically the life of um, Frank Sheeran uh, and the people that surrounded him so 
Jimmy Hoffa is in there, and uh, Russell uh, Buffalino, the mobster kind of go-between man mm-hmm. uh, there. And it, it tells the story that spans a number of decades of how Frank, the Irishman Sheeran, ended up becoming Hoffa's sort of right-hand man, essentially, in his um, confident and the guy who he used to be his link between being the head of the Teamsters and his links to the Mafia there. And that was his almost silent goal between and their friendship on that, whilst at the same time, Frank was still being used as a Mafia hitman. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's... That Hopper's consigliere, isn't he? Essentially, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's that's basically what it what what it was. Um, Ian, what do you think to the Irishman? Uh, it's first of all, I think it, it, to speak about it, you have to mention the fact that this movie is three and a half hours long. Four years long it is. It's three and a half hours long, which is <laughs> if you're going to take a movie and you're going to make it three and a half hours long, you have to have massive balls and we all know that Martin Scorsese has massive balls oh, he's got the biggest balls he has balls and, and if his if his eyebrows are anything to go to Martin Scorsese has massive hairy fucking balls oh, he's got some fuck he's got some grey fucking whiskers going on down there now but so, oh. fucking meaty clangers oh. oh that's just grim so oh. um, Ian what did you think of uh, I Heard You Paint Houses yeah so I <laughs> I saw this uh, in chapter in Cardiff, um, second row from the front because it was that busy, which was great. Got a crick in my neck after an hour. Um, had to put my coat between my head, at, um, like my head and my shoulders, like to kind of rest my neck on, because it was basically I was kind of like had my neck turned to the right for another two and a half hours, and. Um, I'll be honest with you, if it wasn't for the fact that that film was that film, I probably would have left because my neck was that painful, but it was worth it. Um, uh, I think, yeah, I think it's a cracking film. I think, I mean, it's a film made by older people. Um, It feels like Scorsese saying goodbye. Um, I I actually got quite emotional watching it, uh, especially with that ending. Um, yeah, I, I'm very interested in the fact that you said that because I literally said that to you, didn't I, when we were walking back to the car after it? But I think I think Ian means it as like saying goodbye to the audience. You meant it as saying goodbye to that era of his. Like he, he has his group of actors that he uses. You when you said it when we came out, you seemed to mean it as he was saying goodbye to that gang. Yeah, I'll, I'll explain more of how what I what I meant by that when when I when yeah. I shout about it. Yeah. Whereas Ian, do you mean it feels like a goodbye to the audience? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, exactly, Bex. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know how Scorsese makes another film after this. Um, I, I like I, I it's a remarkable piece of work, which is just the absolute culm- culmination of the types of films that he became most known for, and you know. It, like it with good reason um and it just the way it it, it starts quite early on as well like because it's quite sedate for an awful lot of its of its runtime 
and you know it it it, it kind of starts off with um them kind of like packing up and taking a drive and whatnot it's like what the fuck is going on here like they're having an argument about smoking in the car what what and then you know the the story kind of moves on and it does jimmy hoffer and like harvey keitel's in it for a bit uh but the way that it comes up on the screen people's names and how they died and It, you know, it, it's quite some of them are quite amusing, but just then the sheer number of them and the way that builds up, it kind of like it for me anyway, it stopped being funny. Um, But then there was one as well where it was just like uh, died of a heart attack in 1991 was well liked by everyone. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was just that that guy who's like um he's with Stephen Graham when he gets carted off by the um by the police. And he like stands up and he kind of tries tries to help a little bit. And then it's just like some random guy he died of a heart attack. Everybody liked him. But you don't get an awful lot of those. It's like shot three times in the head or like found hanged in a blah, blah, blah. You know, it's rough. It, yeah, it, it, it's um, I, I'm saying to you, but I, I, I really, really like that touch. And I'll um, but it, it was it, it, it kind of showed look the glamorous lifestyle that you seem to see with these guys, it doesn't exist. They all die in fucking horrible ways. And I'm going to show you how they all die in horrible ways without actually having to show you it or go into it. Every so often when you look at just a random guy who you think, you know, they're incidental in this, or by the way, they were shot twice on their fucking porch. But, but, and, and you've got that, but then the third act is just this, like old gangsters who made it through all that and they just grow old and the people around them die and because of their like because of frank's actions in his in his earlier life he hasn't really got anyone in his later life and that i mean that fucking that end shot of like like um leave the door open i don't like it when it's closed i think or he says something like that and it's just that shot of De Niro staring out the door, the crook of the door, and then it just cuts. Like it, it, it it's an incredible. I just found that an incredibly emotive way to end on. Um, but it's not, it's not like smashing you in the face in it with it. It's um, it's quite a quiet final act, which considering some of the fucking activity that goes on earlier on, is really surprising. I, yeah, I, um, I thought it was wonderful. Um, and it was well worth its time, but well, we'll, we'll see what you guys think. What do you think, Dex? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's undeniably fantastic. Uh, all the, the bit that reminded me actually, when you mentioned about the bit in the car, cause it's kind of, it's, it's a background to the rest of the film, that isn't it? Mm-hmm. To kind of forget that bit was, that bit was hilarious. Like it was just so human, them arguing, them quarreling about like, uh, smoking in the car and like oh well just smoking the car then i love that bit and and then they saw the next shot of them having stopped it just it adds like um a norm normality to them mm. um joe pesci's fantastic in it um mm. obviously robert de niro is great in it. it it just kind of always is pacino is coming to you when we came out it, it's always a bit kind of which Pacino are you going to get nowadays? And 
the the hamminess, the the scene chew, scenery chewing was very much kept under under control, which was good. I thought he was great as Hopper actually. Mm. Um, yeah, there's not there's not really an awful lot else to say. It's fantastic. I'm looking forward to rewatching it when it comes out on Netflix. I would not want to, I wouldn't want to go see it in the cinema again. It was it was long and it was. It's probably the longest film you've ever watched in the cinema, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, which I'm trying to think. I think I'm, I'm pretty sure that um, Redux of Apocalypse Now is longer. Um, I mean, I'm glad I've seen it in the cinema. Um, but I, I think I think I'll get more out of it from watching it at home. I, I, I can I can absolutely see that. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll be rewatching it on that Wednesday, won't we? More than likely. Probably, if not Wednesday, very within within before the end of that weekend. Yeah. Mm. Uh, just because because the ability is there to watch it, and I think that um, partially to get to get Netflix to keep on um, essentially pumping money into things like the Irish, where, where major studios are only pumping money into certain products. Mm. You know, Netflix, very quickly, I'm going to go, it's not going to what I think of the film. Netflix are pumping money into, you know, their biggest budget one so far has been a Martin Scorsese movie. Mm. They've also got a Noel Baumbach movie on the go. They've purchased an Alfonso Cuaron movie. Mm. They're, not, they're not just chasing the easy logistics. They, they have done that. They did do it start with, with the Adam Sandler contracts, etc. and things like that. Mm. But they're almost becoming the new kind of protectors of, of, of certain types of cinema, which is amazing considering the amount of stick that they get for not having films in cinema, despite the fact they've really fucking tried with this one. It's been a bit of a shit show, though. It, it, it has, but... Um, I prefer to concentrate on the, the movie itself. Oh yeah, but I'm I'm just if they're gonna do prestige stuff like this and they're not really hugely fussed about people going to see it in the cinema, but more about giving people the opportunity to see it in the cinema, then it's obviously something that they're gonna have to iron the kinks out of. I, I think it was certain um cinema chains, literally it was nose, face, slice. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um I it was. I will say it, it. It took a few seconds for your brain to adjust with the de aging. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it did take a few seconds for my, my brain to adjust and go. All right, yeah, no, all right, I'm fine with it now. But it, it did take a few seconds for me to go. You, you you're palpably aware that they've de aged them. So it, it it was it was mildly jarring at first, but then. It becomes just something that flows through it because the the sheer filmmaking and the sheer storytelling uh, and the performances are that good that you kind of go, yeah, all right, I'm 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 I'm, I'm double cool with this. I actually completely forgot about the de-aging until you mentioned it. Then I said to you when we came out, didn't I? For me, the most jarring thing wasn't the de-aging; it was the eye colour. Yeah. It, it, it was the eyes that bothered yeah. me. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it was. You're so used to seeing it, Robert De Niro, with Robert De Niro's eyes that when they make them like mega blue, it just mm. looks weird. It was kind of like that. What was what's that shit Johnny Depp film? Ah, where they like, made his eyes fucking dart out of board nowadays. <laughs> where they've made his eyes like three sizes bigger and blue. Rango. No. I have no idea what you're I'll find it. 
Anyway, it was like that for me with the eyes, but not as bad. No, I mean, the the, the bit, the, the soldier bit, it did look, that's the closest it became to looking like a computer game. It but did probably, look a little bit like Medal of Honor. Yeah, look. but there's probably, he's probably what, like three shots of him? Yeah, it, 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 it's a glancing thing, isn't it? It's not a big, it's not a scene, is it? It's a, it's a, it's a shot. Mm. Uh, there. Um, yeah. But um, Black Mass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Pesci was was fantastic having Pesci back. You know, and this isn't Pesci returning to acting. Pesci was literally convinced to do this by De Niro, um, and he's he's not going to come back and do anything else. That was it. He's come out of retirement, done that, and then gone because De Niro basically asked him to do it as a favor for him. Um, it, it was nice seeing Pacino first time he's worked with Scorsese and Pacino seemed to it, his energy seemed to be kind of controlled by uh, the fact that he didn't have to be the biggest thing everywhere he yeah. was but he didn't have to be he allowed the character the character was bigger than Pacino but that, that helped magnetic as that. Yeah, and, and, but Hoffa was supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... It, it's a charismatic guy playing someone that's already charismatic. Charismatic, so, yeah. and, and that kicks in. Um, I think you can argue... I, I think De Niro, quietly, over the past 10 years, has actually been fucking great in most of the things he's been in. Mm. And people go, oh, yeah, but what about all those comedies he did? Like, what, what those comedies he did nearly 20 years ago? <laughs> yeah. I think over quietly over the past 10 years, he's actually dished out some pretty great stuff. Mm. Um, I still think The Intern is incredibly underrated. I thought he was fantastic in that. I said The Intern. But he's, he's, he's fantastic in this. You get that. He gets to do that thing where he manages to play the the go between and the every man of of kind of everyone down, but then also has a terrifying spike of violence within him mm. very very quickly, which is what De Niro can do very very well. He can be an unassuming man that all of a sudden can go bang bang bang. He's matter-of-factly violent though, isn't he? There's no drama yeah, to yeah. it. It. Yeah, the, the the fact that I mean, some of the best bits in it were him, where he you, you get the uh, and Scorsese's always done nods to other films, so um, there's been certain shots, you know, the filling of the screen with red in um, Cape Fear is a is a nod to Red Shoes, um, where he literally takes scenes and goes puts them into his own movie. He almost does that a little bit, but in The Irishman, where he's taken a shot from his own movie and put it into The Irishman with the guns laid out in, in taxi from Taxi Driver. And then you have Frank basically going through his thought process of, right, I won't use that because it, it's that, and that, but you need to use that. But then you need to have two of them because you need to worry about what if one of them goes off, don't go off or anything like that. And and then they've got the, like, the matter of factness where he literally just walks up to people and goes, are you all right, Frank? Yeah, yeah that's bad. You're all right. Pum, pum, pum. And then just walks away. And just the, the ease of which it happens was just staggering. And the the fact that they managed to make a fun montage out of Frank getting rid of guns that he's just used to murder people he knows. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's, it's that. But Scorsese is doing things in this movie 
that directors a third of his age would never have the fucking balls to do or the ingenuity to think the fact that he he has these shots that happen two or three times in the movie where the camera starts following something that's happening and goes away and then comes back to the original thing that was ha- where it was happening but then goes beyond it and the the just the the flow of the way that he uses camera work it, it's it, that's that's what stops it from being a three and a half hour movie where you start to feel it being three and a half hours and it being a three and a half hour movie where you go, do you know what? Yeah, this is a three and a half hour movie, but all three and a half hours have been really fucking entertaining. Even the last half an hour where the, the tone comes so far down and it becomes so somber, you're watching it going, do you know what? You've fucking earned this. You, you've earned this half an hour of going, like you said, Ian, look, these guys get old. They don't get old well. Mm. They get old badly. And they're usually in jail because it's caught up with them. Yeah. Old age has caught up with them, which has meant that it, it, you, can, you can only commit so many crimes before you just get found out. Mm. But, I mean, well, it's... it's... It, you look at Joe Pesci's last scene in this as well, and it's like probably the last scene that Joe Pesci will ever do in movies. Yeah. And what is it? It's him being wheeled off in a fucking wheelchair, going to church, and basically in a kind of admittance of, I'm fucking dying, and I need to do everything I can to save my soul. Yeah, it is, it, it, it's that. It, it, it's look at all the bad things that I've done. And then you've got frankly who, who just seems to accept the bad things that he's done as just things that he had to do and has regrets over them but doesn't seem to actually he, he seems like he, he can't quite process it well i mean that's i mean I, it's really interesting because you, you guys were saying earlier about how um it violence is matter of fact for him and you've got that scene quite early on that seems to cement his relationship with peggy for the, the whole of her life when he attacks the um the shopkeeper yeah um and it, it, it you know towards the end he says to his other daughter like i did it to protect you and she's like from what and it's yeah, almost that, that like a penny terrible. drops there and it's just like he's lived his life in this world where all this stuff needs doing that his reaction would automatically be i've got to kick the shit out of this guy because he lives in a world of violence but it is so matter of fact yeah and it is and it was it was that scene was 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 fantastic because she literally was like you know we couldn't tell you anything because we couldn't work out the way that we we, we, yeah. we knew that how you'd react yeah. and it's like you get the feeling that in his mind because there's, there's a scene, and I'll, I'll, I'll go back to it as I'm talking. Um, I think that he has, he thinks that his kids have no idea what he does, yeah. whereas they clearly do. Because the scene where he comes back after killing Hoffa um, is, they're all looking at him, and they know he's, they, they know that the, the, the probable fact is, he's probably killed him, and yeah. to them. And even to to, to Frank, it, he wasn't. He was a, a friend, and he was a friend of the family, and was close to them. And they they weren't privy to the information that Frank had. Frank didn't want to kill him, but it was 
it, it was his role in the organization. It's what he did. And he was a, he couldn't have remorse for doing it because that's what had to be done. And that was it. You know, he, he understood why it had to be done. Yeah. Um, and, and that again was was fantastic. And the, like I said, the only regret he seemed to have was making that phone call because it was a lie that he had to tell. Was to to ring up um, what's her name? Hoffa's wife. Jean is it? Joe. Joe. That's it. Joe. Yeah. Um, and it, it it was possibly the only time where he he had to lie to somebody. Hmm. And he, he, he did it. He did it to try and make himself feel better, and he didn't. And it, it was almost the moment that it—that's it, it, probably the thing that broke him a little bit. Not completely, but just changed him that little fraction. I think he—he he tries to get him a number of times to just ease off. Yeah. And I think that's that. He, I think he sees as a massive failing that he doesn't manage to get him to just stop. And the fact that Pesci's character basically says to him, look, you've got to do this, you know you've got to. And it, it's at that moment where <clears throat> Pesci doesn't outright say it to him, but basically says, look, the only reason why they're not killing you as well is because I've told them that you're going to do it. And you're the guy yeah, that yeah. does this. And he never actually says it, but he does say it. Mm. And Frank asked us go... Do you know what? I am the guy that does this. Even when he's moved up in position within within that and has become, what is it? He's still the guy they get to do this. Yeah. And it, 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 it's because, essentially, it's because he's the Irish guy. He's not, he's never going to be. It's the same as when he was Jimmy in Goodfellas. Mm. He's never going to be what is it because he wasn't pure blood. It's a, it's a really, what I was meaning was to you uh, about the, it, it, it felt like, felt like a closing of a book, and it felt quite sad, is the fact that all these guys are in there. So that's it, Joe Pesci will not make another movie. I'd be very, 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 very shocked. Yeah. It, it, he's not going to make another movie. The next thing we will probably hear about Joe Pesci, aside from the album he's making with Adam Levine, is, uh, yeah, um, is, uh, is, sadly will be his passing probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but Joe Pesci's thing was, I had my time, I enjoyed my time, I was great, I don't want to grow old on screen. He's so good in it. And he's phenomenal in this. He's so good in this. I've forgotten how good Joe Pesci is. I think is. everyone had forgotten how good Joe Pesci was. He's looking old. They're all looking old. And that was quite sad. Yeah. De Niro, De you know, yeah, he's got, he's got more films in him. Will any of them be as good as this? You, you probably not. They're probably not going to be as good as this. Will any of them be any good? Yeah, probably. But this is it—it's it, that different fucking level than than a lot of other movies are going to be. Um, and Pacino hasn't been any better than this in the past fifteen years, maybe, mm. and probably won't be better than this after. The sad thing is, Pacino knows that. Um. And it's it's staggering how good this was, and it shows you give somebody as gifted as Scorsese 
who can go pick his team around him. You give him $150 million and he's going to produce that. Mm. Do you think from, obviously, because there's been loads of like, oh, the Irishman, it's not accurate, blah, 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 it's not what really happened. And it's like, well, no, it's not saying that's what really happened. No one knows what really happened. It's based on the fucking book. Yeah. Um, do, did you get the vibe from the film that Hoffer knows when they pick him up? What? That he, that he kind of knows that there's something going on. He, he knows there's something going on, but I think he thinks that because Frank's there... And his son, isn't the only son? Yeah, but he's not in on it. His son's not in on it. No, but he, what I'm saying is he probably feels safe. He, he feels safe because Frank's there because he wouldn't think that Frank was going to do it. Mm. Um, but even that, it, it's a horrible moment in the fact that... Did you notice he shoots everybody else in the face, but he shoots Hoffer in the, head, the back of the head? You can't look at him. And again, there's little moments like that other filmmakers would put in the essential voiceover that you're getting would have would have Frank saying, you know, I couldn't shoot him in the face. I couldn't do that. But to go see it, he's like, no, that's... You just notice it or you don't. You either notice it or you don't. <laughs> don't stop explaining things to what is it. Mm. But then but, Stephen but... Gray fucking turns up every fucking 15 minutes and he's just electric. I mean, that's that's the thing to say about this film as well, for how kind of seriously we're talking about it. It's fucking funny as well. Yeah. Um, like Stephen Graham's character, the fucking conversation he has with Pacino about being late. Yeah. It, amazing. Um, the, and the thing is, if you see Stephen Graham talking about it, he's like, honestly, I was like a giddy fucking school kid. Oh, can you imagine? Yeah. I had time on there. I am there with all of my fucking heroes. He said, and the weird thing is, he said, the, 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 sorry, he said, he said, the most mental thing is, he said, they're all talking to me like I'm one of them. He said, and I, he said, I, you know, I, I felt like I was inside the group and they're going, oh, you're coming for dinner tonight and like this. And it's like, this, it's, it's mental. It is meant I don't deserve to be there. You're going, no, Stephen, you fucking do deserve to be there. <laughs> I, I, it, I, I mean, he's great. Like, he's the accent is fucking spot on. And just when he fucking rolls into that fucking meeting and he's just got the shorts and the shades on and Pacino, like, just the, the sheer fucking disgust that Pacino has for him throughout that entire bit. It, it is, yeah, the fact that Hopper doesn't, doesn't like, at no point does he try and sort of, like, play the ball to what is it. it he's got the meeting, and that's it. it. It shows the arrogance of Hopper, the fact that he just straight away starts calling him a cocksucker. <laughs> and and it, it, it's brilliant, but then you've got the fucking watermelon scene where you've got the... Where you, he has the watermelon. You're, you're thinking, why has that guy got a watermelon? He's like, the thing is, Hoffa doesn't drink. It's like, he can, all right, good. And nobody else is allowed to drink around him. And then he just jams the bottle of vodka into the fucking watermelon. He fucking hates watermelon. <laughs> and then in the next scene, he's just... Oh, you guys really like watermelon. down on that watermelon. <laughs> and the fact that next to him, De Niro picks up the watermelon like two or three times, looks at it, and then puts it back down as that guy is just fucking taking him like watermelon shooters. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 
Like you say, it's also really fucking funny and entertaining. But but then you, you've got like a combination between the two with the whole thing with the, the fish in the car. <laughs> and, you know, it's just, just this extended bit where it's going through this like horrible, you know what's going to happen. Like, you know, De Niro's going to kill Pacino like in this section. But you've just got this extended bit about like, what kind of fish was it? I don't know what kind of fish it, w- it was. And it was like, was it salmon? <laughs> was it haddock? Was it <laughs> cod? That guy, Odd? who thinks of a fish you know, and just it, you know, know fish it is? Like, you just went into it and went, can I have a fish, please? <laughs> well, he just had it ready for me. What can I say? You know, I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's so good. It's so good. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I, I watched Goodfellas before this. And it's like for for like cinematic storytelling, I think something like Goodfellas or maybe even something like Casino would have would have the the kind of the edge just from a like a look and a style kind of piece. Um, I like the Irish. It, it's very matter of fact. I mean, the only reason why it costs so much is because of the de aging. Yeah. But for the, the the fucking the, the, I don't know like the ending of a chapter or of the whole book of Scorsese it's pretty much perfect it is yeah it, it's a it's a magnificent companion piece to to starting I think with um, Mean Streets and yeah. then moving into Goodfellas casino and i think there's an also an element and i think you can throw something like um the wolf of wall street into that departed yeah and departed you know there's that he's covered he's covered every fucking spectra so far of organized crime um and um i mean he even considers um, the, the movies that he does, like for instance, Silence, he considers that as, as virtually like an organised crime movie, mm-hmm. um, and that's it. And so you've got, for instance, Walter Hill says every film he's made is a western, <laughs> and yeah. there's an argument to suggest that 90% of Scorsese's output is a crime movie, of, of some elements yeah. is in there. But then also he's peppered things like Hugo and After Hours and, and bits like that throughout his career, New York, New York, mm. um, throughout his career, you know. But, yeah, of the gangster epic, it does seem like there's almost a case of going, does anyone need to make another gangster epic movie? <laughs> Just, or, 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 or as Scott says, no, he don't. boxed it all off now. <laughs> um, you hope that somebody does, and somebody does make a, a fantastic, what is it? But it, it's just... It's like when people say, oh, all Scorsese does is he just makes gangster movies. It's like, fuck off. For a start off, but it's like, all right, but even if that was all he did, look at the fucking ones he's made. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're a genre of themselves. Yeah. Um, I, it's it's probably going to be my film of the year. Yeah. But then again, at the start of the year, you said Martin Scorsese is going to make a movie with Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, Robert De Niro, and Harvey Keitel, and it's going to be about the man who killed Jimmy Hoffa. 
there's a strong like I would have already gone, yeah, that's probably gonna be my movie of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm anything if not predictable. <laughs> so it it is fantastic. It's it's incredible. I can't wait to watch it again. I'm not saying it's definitely my movie of the year. There are a couple of other movies I need to rewatch again before that. But um, I'm I'm definitely not shit on it. Yeah. In a in a in a big way, I am. I was mildly, not worried, but a little bit, the three and a half hours concerned me a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know how, any, how anybody would be anything other than definitely not shit unless you're like a five-year-old. Yeah, that, that that's it. It's it's smart. It, it, it's smart filmmaking of the highest order. Um, I'm guessing you're definitely not sure about that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, obviously. Uh, well, to back that up, our uh, Twitter poll, uh, definitely not shit, 100%. There you go. How many, how many votes have you got? On that? I think it's 15, I think. Which, which, which that we, means 15 people have actually made the effort to go and, to go and see. It, and our screen, our screen was very busy, it wasn't was it? Full. Yeah, it was full. Yeah, yeah so, so was mine. Like people, people want to fucking see this on a big screen. Yeah, and that's the, it's really cool. Um, the great thing is, which like I said before, for people that don't want to go and see it and sit for three and a half hours in a cinema, of which there will be many, it's going to be available. So it's going to get to a wider audience than it would if than it would if it was just in the cinema. Yeah, well, but that, that, I, I like the fact that, that Scorsese's thing about the Netflix thing was um, this is how media is consumed now. It's changed. Filmmakers have to adapt to how things change. I, I, you know, I, I'd like to shout out as well Movie Go. Um, so I have a movie subscription and it comes with movie go that gives you a free ticket and participate in cinemas every week. And I didn't pay anything to see the Irishman with this. Uh, and I will say it kind of seems like maybe the take up on movie go is not that great because when I went to the box office and presented my barcode, she was like, movie go. Oh God, I haven't seen this for a while. I've forgotten how to do this. Give me a minute. So past, I think because the past three months worth of films have been, either only available in two cinemas in London or weak as fuck. Yeah, I mean, it's may- maybe that, but I mean, like, Marriage Story is the the one from tomorrow, and that's playing chapter this week. So wow. I might I might well go see Marriage Story in the cinema as well, because I got a free ticket for the fucker. Um, the boss movie. Yes, yeah. Just, just make me very interested in that. For a start, Adam Driver. Adam Driver, yeah. So what else make me interested in that? Because, remember, it's a no bound back movie, and I can't get on with Norbound back. How the fact ever. the fact that Randy Newman composed the score? Oh no, I didn't know that. <laughs> Which put me off even more now. It's because I've read two reviews of it, uh, where the people have started by saying, "Now I'll start this with I don't normally get on with Norbound back." However, and it's making me go, "Is this is this the movie that makes me get Norbound back?" It's probably not going to be. I'm probably not. I'm probably going to say the same thing as I do after every Noah Baumbach movie and start off going, do you know what? It wasn't bad, but it was. And then at the end of it, just being a fit of fucking rage. And it's just fucking upper class wankery. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But I am actually quite looking forward to it. Nice. Are you a craft beer junkie? Do you eagerly anticipate the freshest IPA release from your local craft brewer? Do you check in every beer you've ever had on Untapped? Do you know the difference between a Belgian triple and a Berliner Weisse? Then do we have a podcast for you. What's Untapped podcast gives you beer reviews, interviews with brewers, 
behind the scenes access to beer festivals, games, and more. Whether you're a craft beer junkie or new to the world of craft brewing, What's on Tap podcast is something for you. Check us out online, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and now we are podsyndicate.com. And as always, keep drinking, you dum-dums. Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant, blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and art cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I'm just, just getting confirmation. It's just in, that's the third time though. I mean, I must, is this on? You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. So come and share the victory. If you could find any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. You, he wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody. <laughs> he looks like somebody who can keep a secret. Uh, Ian, what have you been watching this week? <clears throat> okay, so uh, I will say I watched Thunderball, uh, the, um, re- the like look at of it of which is on uh part four of ian's guide to bondage which is available for patrons patreon.com forward slash film bastards we only char- uh, we only ask you for two dollars a month and you get extra content every week just saying so i watched uh vox lux the brady corbett directed natalie Portman starring pop star film uh which is on netflix now it's on netflix now yeah yep is this any good? Because I'm actually quite intrigued by it. I am as well. I enjoyed the fuck out of it. Um, is Paquin, ha- Paquin, uh, is Paquin having a lot of fun with this? Because she looks like she's actually having fun, which is saying something for Natalie Portman. I was going to say, because it looked like some kind of mild complication in Natalie Portman. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, as, as, essentially, the, the, the story of it is that um, she uh is caught up in a earlier life played by uh raffi cassidy i want to say the actress's name is and uh she's a victim in a high school shooting and uh she composed well she well her sister composes it she sings it a like song at the memorial service which is then picked up by like national media and then she basically becomes a star through this song um, and then the second half of the film is Natalie Portman playing the grown-up version and Raffi Cassidy playing her daughter, uh, which is interesting. Um, and it's Natalie Portman basically playing slightly strung-out pop star on her sixth album who still really likes to go- do a good show for the fans but is also a bit fucked up. Um, Jude Law plays her manager in the early days and then kind of like a coked up version of the manager in the natalie portman days and there is a scene of him and portman just having fun in a hotel room doing coke and having a laugh which is you know it's kind of peak jude law really (laughs) um and then it ends with like a 15 minute uh montage of natalie portman's character putting on a show in a big stadium um i yeah i just i really liked it it's um 
is is there much in terms of substance maybe not that like maybe not so much but it's an interesting portrayal of like a pop star who grows up and has broken relationships with those around her but is also quite inspiring just because of the 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 presence that she is as a massive fucking pop star um it's interesting there's like there's a there's a scene where she's being introduced to her support act and you kind of think like is she gonna be a bitch to her or something she's not she's really fucking nice to her um and but then there's there's a scene where she's kind of chewing some other people out and it's like was that a bit harsh and then you think well maybe it wasn't a bit harsh actually maybe they were being obtrusive it's fucking interesting and it feels three-dimensional um and i really like brady corbett's style and it's probably not for everyone but um he directed the childhood of a leader which was the weirdest fucking treadmill watch of my life uh a few years back um and and he's he's quite detached but the stuff that he's playing with is quite emotive it's it, it it's an odd combination but i really fucking enjoyed it um i'm not going to say it's like film of the year territory or anything like that but portman's really good cassidy's really good law's really good it, it just it's a it's a good time it's a bit of a hard watch at times don't get me wrong i mean it does deal with shootings and stuff but um yeah i i got i got a lot out of it Cool. Yeah. We wanted to see it when it came out, didn't we? But we didn't get to it. Yeah, I just didn't get to it, but I, I, I did see it across the net. I saw that you you watched it and thought, oh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to hear what what the feelings were about it. Nice. Um, so I watched Apollo 11, uh, which is a, a very widely praised documentary, probably going to win Best Documentary Oscar. Um, it's basically archive footage put together of the apollo 11 mission um but it's um it was it was presented in 70 millimeter in the cinema and it's uh it's 4k hdr um on itunes and it's out on 4k blu-ray actually as well which is rare for a documentary um and i mean the footage looks fantastic it's shot on film so the resolution's brilliant so it just looks breathtaking and yeah it was um i watched it um i was off sick from work for a day last week and uh this was a good sick day watch uh yeah it's just a really interesting documentary i don't have that much to say about it to be honest but um yeah really well handled and um it gets it 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 kind of like plays up both the tension of that kind of thing but also the boredom uh not in that the film is boring but just like when they're just like going up towards the moon on their mission but you know there's nothing really much going on there even though they're going at thousands of miles an hour they're just kind of monitoring shit and having a bit of tea or having a shave uh you know you, you never really think about that with um like space movies just like the fucking doing the shit you have to do in life the, 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 the procedural just general like yeah like like filling the dishwasher but in space yeah yeah no exactly exactly so yeah I, it's it, it, it's good piece of work it's apollo 11 um okay i also watched uh the souvenir which is on movie now um this is joanna hogg's latest film uh she joanna hogg is a very kind of art house british director directed a film archipelago a few years back with tom Hiddleston, which was okay um it's 
you got to be in the right frame of mind for uh, Joanna Hogg films. Um, that's, so that's basically, very, that, I, I, what I've seen of hers, it's always very. They've got a very. They got their own pace. Oh yeah. Um, so Tilda Swinton's daughter, Anna Swinton Byrne, uh, plays essentially a fictionalized version of um, Hogg. Uh, who's a essentially a uni student um, in, in working in film, trying to make films, and she starts a relationship with uh, a guy who works for the Foreign Office, played by Tom Burke, um, and he's kind of controlling, um, also actually kind of inspiring. It, it's but he's got a secret, and I'll leave it there. Um, and it's it you know it's it's nothing so boring as he's got a wife or something like that. I'll I'll say. Um, and it's really interesting because at times you're, you're watching their relationship and it's just like he's basically gaslighting you. What the fuck are you doing? But then later on, it's like, well, actually, is that the kind of the kick up the ass that she needed in order to further her career? And I'm not saying that gaslighting is good or anything. It was just like you can interpret it that way. But then is it actually that or is it something more complex? Um, he's this just odd figure and once the secret's kind of revealed you you understand why um it go it, it does drone on a bit in all honesty um the second half in particular there's um there's a series of events which is a bit like fucking right we i, I know where this is going just just get on with it um but i enjoyed it i thought honor swinton burn was good i thought tom burke was very good and the souvenir part two um has been shot robert pattinson's in this one which will be fucking interesting and i'll i'll watch the second one i'm not massive on joanna hogg um it i i you have to be a very particular type of film fan, one who probably doesn't like Marvel films to say that Joanna Hogg is your favourite fucking film director. Um, but it's 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 a good film. It's just one you have to be in the mood for. Um, so that's The Souvenir. And finishing up with Last Christmas. Yeah, so cool. Cool. this is this is become a bit of a punching bag over the last week or so the guardian put out a film uh, an article today saying last christmas is the worst film of the year why is it making so much money it's like fuck off guardian yeah it's not it's not the worst film of the year that's the kind of clickbaity shit that you would think that you're you would be beneath um oh, when it comes to film it would appear with the guardian no no they're the kind of fucking shit with film like very very what can we take the piss out of and get an article up to get some clicks mm. um so last christmas um it's okay so story uh amelia clark plays a uh woman who works in um basically a christmas tat shop in covent garden next to a dior shop so god knows what the rent's like there but michelle yo can pay it apparently um and she's not doing well in life she's kind of a shit worker and uh, she's disconnected from her family uh henry golding uh is outside her shop one day and they start a kind of a relationship where he inspires her to do things with her life uh and there's a brexit subplot um 
So, very, very well-meaning film. Um, it's not as good as you... It's not ever as good as you want it to be. But... Not every uh, people say it. No, I thought it. I, I thought it had its heart in the right place. I laughed a, a, enough. I'm not going to say I laughed throughout the whole thing. I laughed enough. Um, I think Amelia Clark and Henry Golding are putting in really good shifts. They obviously care about the material, and it. I mean, it is big-hearted. The, the Brexit stuff is a little bit fucking sledgehammered in there, but do you know what? Fuck it films probably need that at the moment you know like let's not fucking let's not pussyfoot around there's enough fucking hate in the world about get out of our country and all that shit if a film wants to comment on that and and say to polish people in one scene you are welcome here that's fucking fine by me that's fine um it's but it's also got Emma Thompson in with a, a, a bit of a fucking problematic character. She's very, very Eastern European and making jokes about that, which is an odd choice. Um, but it, I mean, it feels good natured and she calls something a lesbian pudding at one point, which I thought was really funny. So, um, yeah, it's it, not perfect. It goes exactly in the direction you think it's going to go, but it left me on a smile on my face and left me feeling Christmassy. If if you, like I said, as I said, if you leave that film with a smile on your face and feeling Christmassy and humming a George Michael song, then I think that film has achieved everything it needs to achieve. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know like maybe a 3.5 out of 5 you know it's is, you know, is the song fast love in the movie no i fucking wish it was that's bullshit gone down a fucking star yeah I, happened because the world needs to get on board with the fact that fast love by george michael may well be the greatest pop song ever recorded Go back, everyone who's listening to this now... I'll put it on the end of the fucking show, Mark. It's obviously going to be the song at the end of the show. As Mark has lost his mind, right? Wait till the end of the show. Listen to Fast Love. It is an absolute fucking stone-cold classic, that song. It is magnificent. Okay, good. Um, I don't know what else to say to that. Um, Actually, and I will just say, it just reminded me, one trailer we didn't speak about. A Christmas Prince, the royal baby. <laughs> is this the third one? Oh yeah. Because was it a Christmas Prince and then a Christmas Prince, the royal wedding, and wedding. now it's the royal baby? Right, right. They have to stop a curse. They have to stop a curse. A curse. A curse. Are you sure for the right synopsis? <laughs> no, mate. Right, it's fucking trailer. It's like spies in disguise trailer level of whiplash. It's amazing. It's like she's pregnant. That's brilliant. Um, f- uh, people from another country are coming to sign a peace treaty, but an ancient artifact goes missing. <laughs> and if it's not found by midnight on the seventh day, the firstborn of the king will be cursed. <laughs> this sounds like a movie from the 1980s that I would love. Like, it just... 
A Christmas Prince is harmless bobbins. And a Christmas Prince, the royal wedding, is, you know, it's just more of the same harmless bobbins. With this, it kind of looks like they've just gone, fuck it. Let's just, let's just, like, shoot for the moon. (laughs) It it, 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 it is almost a little bit like they've gone, right, what can we do? And the guy's gone, right, so they're obviously on the boon and everything like that. But wait, what if there was a curse and then literally it was the Howard you've done it again it, it, it is it is Howard you've done it again it's it, I, it's just like when it was like they started talking about the curse I just burst out laughing and it's I can't wait I can't fucking wait I'll talk about it on the show obviously but I can't wait I, I'm actually tempted to watch that movie having not watched it the other two you, so. you guys you guys should watch this one without having watched the first two you should yeah. totally do that I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm up for that I love a cursed movie a caper uh, um, what have you been watching Bex? Um, right well I've lost a little bit of track so I've so should we show you the ones that I've watched on my own? You do watch ones watching your own. We'll speed round the um, ones we watch together, and then I'll do like ones I watch on my own, which I'll speed round as well. Okay, so so I watched The Crow as part of a double bill with his well, well, theoretically with Isabel with Dark City, but she went to bed before I started watching The Crow. There's not an awful lot that can be said about the crow. It's very old. I'm sure you've probably spoken about it before, and it's probably already all been said. But it is absolutely fucking fantastic. I love the crow. I could watch it on the reg. It could go into my into my regular rotation. It's very bleak, isn't it? It is bleak. It's very really good though. It's really good. I think people forget how bleak it is, it and is. so you actually watch it, and then you have all that bleakness, and then you you finish it, and you go, oh gosh, yeah, he was shot and died while enduring the making of it. It's very bleak. It is very bleak. And there's a lot of flashbacks to, like, the rapiness. But it ends and, like, her ghost comes and finds him and they go away. I mean, that's not a happy ending. Well, I mean, it depends on what you believe happens after you die. You know, they might just be going up to the cloud. She still got raped quite badly. She did get, she did get raped to death. Yeah, literally raped yeah. to death. So that's not fun, but no, it's a good film. I'm guessing not. Good film. Well, fair enough. I do like the crop, but I haven't seen it in a long, long time. It's very good. So yeah, so I double double build that with Dark City. Um and then And then Oh man. Isabel revealed to me yesterday that she could not remember ever having watched the Burbs. So I showed the trailer. She said nice. that looks really, really funny. <clears throat> Would you like to watch the Burbs? And so we did. The Burbs is magnificent. Good. Absolutely. There's a, there's a strong case that there's been the greatest comedy of all time. There's not there's not a strong case for it. It just is. Yeah. That's an airplane. Um, it it it, it's, it's, it gets funnier every time you watch it. Yeah. And do you know what's quite nice? Um, similar to the thing with Dark City, it's watching it with someone that's never seen it before and watching them appreciate it. It was it was great. She she was in hysterics at points. She just really. Ah, obviously, is the the main comic relief. Yeah. In it. The fact that he's always wearing a different outfit, it, it still kills me. The bit with the fucking dog food. <laughs> you know, the dog food bit, yeah. The dog oh. food bit, which like, I I think I must have watched that film five or six times before I actually realised the dog food bit was there. Isabel, Isabel, did you eat dog food? <laughs> And when he gets his wallet out, 
All these credit cards are fried. <laughs> anyway, but um, and then we decided to double bill again and did a Corey Feldman double bill and watched The Lost Boys, um, which Isabel obviously has seen before, but she uh, she didn't remember terrifically well. It's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of boys. It's a bit cheesy at points when you're a bit like, but it it's it's very good. Um, but I'm trying to go really quick. Uh, I watched that with you. That's the thing. Watch that with you. Uh, and the dead don't die. Finally got around to watching the dead don't die. Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. There's a tiebreaker. Go on. I fucking loved it. Oh fuck you. That's the thing. It was you, so you, much fun. You were interested in it, were you? Couldn't see it at the cinema. You didn't want to see it. Uh, no, I think, I, th- I think we just couldn't make it work. No, you didn't want to see it. No, I did. Yeah. I did. Um, but I was... I was but you, no, no, sure you did. You just didn't see why you used to see it at the cinema. Was what you said. And I, and I got... <laughs> you did, because I remember saying to you... I, I, it, it's a bit of a shame, that, because I think you'd have really, really enjoyed it. It was really good. Right. I really, really, really liked it. Um, yeah. Right, should we do the ones we watched together? Oh, we watched together. We watched uh, Little Monsters. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, how is that? The Sky Cinema zombie comedy film. Um, it's it's all over the place, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but it's fun. If it was five minutes longer, it would have stopped being fun. Um, but uh, Lupita Nyong's fantastic in it, and he's adorable as as, it's suppo- as she's supposed to be in it. Except when she's not. Except, except there's a that great, is great. There's a great moment where she has to lose her shit with Josh Gad, <laughs> and she she manages to still be adorable whilst also being terrifying <laughs> in it. Um, yeah, it's. I'll, I'll say this. Because it, it, it was out in the cinema, but it was also a Sky Cinema re- release, so we got to watch it at home. Yeah. If, if it hadn't have been and I'd seen it in the cinema, I, I wouldn't have thought, oh, that was a bit of a stretch in a cinema film, that. I'd have still been fine yeah. with it there. It, it's it's not one that I think people need to rush out and go and watch, but... But it's on fucking Sky. So but it, 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 it's, a, it, it's, a, it's a sensible enough watch, yeah. what I'll say, mm. uh, for, for that there. It, it's been... It's an argument I would say that it's possibly the best Sky Cinema movie so far. Um, yeah, it's good. It's good fun. I rewatched Deepwater Horizon. Um, nice. Deepwater Horizon's a really good film. Mm. It's it, it deals the first half of it, the fact that it is dealing with the procedural fuckery of Deepwater Horizon. Um, and what that's, a, that's a good phrase, by the way, Mark. I like that procedural fuckery. <laughs> and the fact that it literally is a bunch of people arguing about stuff, and uh, John Malkovich chewing up scenery like a motherfucker mm. uh, is it, brilliant. Um, but then when this shit hits the fan, it, it, it feels you, you, you're watching it going, "Holy fuck, the shit is really hitting the fan here." And it, it it feels as big an event as it actually was, but then you've got to remember the terrifyingness of the guys who were there just doing a job. Um, so yeah, it, 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 it's it's a it's a lot better movie than people ever give it credit for. I think, and I think if it wasn't about the incident, it was about it'd get a lot more praise. Fair point. Uh, 
Also rewatch Caddyshack. Um, very quickly, I and it, it's Chevy Chase and Rodney Dangerfield. Don't need to say. Just the super duper, really, aren't they? They are. They're just they, Roger Dangerfield when he first arrives in it, and everything's bigger than it needs to be, and he's it just he is just it, he's basically if cocaine were a person, that is what they would be. <laughs> Is Rodney Dangerfield, mm. and just got some fucking wonderfulness of Chevy Chase just walking around. You look at him going, "Yep, you're literally you're the funniest man in every room, and you're the coolest motherfucker in every room." It was so so many comedians have to put in so much effort to be funny, and not like, it's hard to be funny, but they have to go to a place to become funny. Whereas Chevy Chase, it was just so easy for him to be funny. And look unbelievably cool while he was doing it. Mm. Um, I um, rewatched Take of Pelham 123 partially because I put out a post on the um, Pod Syndicate. Uh, we are podsyndicate.com. Um, we are a Pod Syndicate podcast. See, in there, smooth. Um, I posted a picture for our November uh, theme for this month of John Travolta in that, and then literally went. I don't sleep well in hotels, so it was like, fuck it, I'm going to watch Take of Pelham 1, 2, 3. <laughs> you, wanted, you wanted to get your bunghole licked. I did indeed. Um, and then um, it, it, it's... I literally watched it, the entire movie, because I wanted to watch the last scene, basically. Mm. Um, because the last scene in that movie and um, Travolta's delivery of that line of... You're my goddamn fucking hero. Is absolutely. It's between this and Blowout as to is that Travolta's finest moment there in cinema? Is is that his finest moment as an actor? Is it that moment? As much as I do love Blowout, I do think that that moment is his finest moment. I don't know, man. It's a good scream. Like. It is, but it's that moment, the, 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 the delivery and the look and the anger and the, the, the pain and everything is there. And it's it brought me to one of these things. One thing that, that Ian has is you have a thing about endings of movies. Mm. Um, and it, even if I there's a movie that Ian watches or a scene or anything like that, and I am not interested in in any fucking way, the one way that you will get me to watch it without question is if Ian says, fucking hell, the last shot or the last scene is incredible. I would sit through a fucking eight-hour movie just to see what he meant about that last scene. <laughs> uh, just just you wait for cats. Yeah, cats. Fucking, fucking Russell Crowe and his dogs. Russell Crowe and uh, his dogs. So we've got three more. We'll speed around one of them uh, and get a little bit more into two of them. Um, Biodome. I got Becky to watch the Hardjar movie. <laughs> like it, don't you? It's alright, Biodome. It's not alright, it's fucking brilliant. It's fine. It's basically the 90s. No. It is. It's got that annoying girl in it, hasn't it? It has got um, Joel Adams in it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also got Tenacious D in it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love Biodome. That's it. That's all we're Someone saying. has to. Someone has to. And it's me. <laughs> um, 
we re- we re- we, re- we watched the first time adrift. Yeah. The um, Shailene Woodley and Sam uh, Claflin Lost at Sea movie. Um, it's fucking bleak in this movie. Isn't it? It's like it, it, it's it's basically it it was for me exactly every single reason why I will never get on a fucking boat. I find it quite amusing that when there was the storm when the storm started, started I said to you. Wouldn't it be fucking hilarious if it turned out we'd been dead this whole time? What? Give me a big spoiler there. Well, are we all spoiling all the time? Yeah, that's a big spoiler for this one. Oh. Yeah, there was a moment. Got that out, then, Ian. There was a moment where I literally grabbed Becky and went, "Fucking no, fucking no, don't like this, don't like this." Yeah, you did. <laughs> There's a moment where they adrift on this broken mini yacht, uh, and out of fucking nowhere comes an oil tanker that gets way too fucking close to it and honestly i was terrified oh, i was i was oh. i was shitting myself yeah yeah i was so scared um and the final one uh we watched what there's something more what uh, oh shit yeah we uh, watched Allenton Road. Uh, it, it, it's fine, but it gets a little bit confused with its own story, and the ending is really quite bleak. Um, do you want to do Hoffa? We watched Hoffa as a reaction to Irishman, didn't we? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't actually know anything about Jimmy Hoffa. So we decided to watch Hoffa. Um, it's good. It's 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 interesting. It's a completely different like. Take. take on it, which is weird after having watched The Irishman. Well, Dana Vito is three different people, four different people. Is he? No, he is. The character is based on four different people. Oh, like mushed together? Yeah. Right, okay. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's interesting enough and it's it's more about Hopper and, and what he does than obviously The Irishman is because it's specifically about him. Um. It's a little bit too much. It's a little bit too Dick Tracy at points, though. Mm. It, it, it becomes too much of a caper rather than a story. Mm. Um, and it, it becomes about the sheer size and scale of everything rather than the what is it. But it ends up, I think, because of the way that Dr. Vito does it, it I, I forgot how big a movie it is. Um, it, it, it kind of it loses a little bit of that impact. Mm. I think a little bit. I think it's it's quite. They did both films portray him as a overall decent man who does bad things to do good things. His his cause was true. The way he did it, maybe wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. John Nicholson's not as good as Al Pacino is as Hopper. No. Uh, and finally, uh, we watched Blinded by the Light. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Ian spoke about it and you you quite enjoyed it, didn't you? I think, as I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I had a good time with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, um, I mean, it, it, it's inspired by the music of Bruce Springsteen, um, based on a true story. For that, there, so it was kind of like I was very interested to watch it because of the fact that I'm a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. Um, it was a lot more biting than I expected it to be. Mm. There was a lot more 
to it. I, I, I'm glad about that. Um, yeah. That it, it, it's it's not just a story that tries to go right. We're going to just use a lot of Bruce Springsteen music and, and ride on that fucking wave. Mm. Um, the fact that it's got an actual story to fucking tell um, is, is is quite good. Um, I, I liked the the, the smallness of it. Uh, I like that. I thought the the promised land thing where he first discovers Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. I, I thought that was a spectacular little sequence where yeah. he's walking around just his own little fucking square neighborhood. And yeah, yeah. there's um you know the the, the 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 lyrics are flashing up everywhere and it's going mm. like that. And you're watching it going. And I, I, I said to you during it, I said, look, the the brilliant thing of this is that's just clever filmmaking. Mm. Doing that. That's not. A big special effect. It's let's do this, and we'll get a lot of projectors, and we'll we'll shoot all this first, and we'll just project it on the fucking buildings. And it, it's it, that's just clever filmmaking um, from um, Gwinda Chandra. It, it's I don't think you can argue with clever filmmaking. No. The whole thing of I've said it before on here the the fact that the original uh, Nightmare Before Elm Street when he comes out of the wall, it's it's black tights, black like eighty denier tights, tacked <laughs> to a, some bits of wood, and he comes out of the wall in that, and then goes back into it, and it costs less than a dollar to make. Yeah. And then when they remade or rebooted Nightmare on Elm Street, the whole shot cost something like sixty four thousand yeah. dollars. And it's like Wes Graham's like, yeah, we made it for less than a dollar, and it looked better. Yeah. <laughs> it's so earnest. It's very earnest, but it's allowed that it's allowed to be earnest. It, yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. manages to poke fun at itself. It, it manages to point a finger at everybody. <laughs> Not everybody's. There's very few people that are right in this movie. A lot of the people have their flaws. It's just some of them are out. The flaws are their fucking dickheads. What did you think? Can I? Sorry, can I ask? What did you guys think of the Born to Run sequence? I was found that I, I, I liked the fact that it was um, I like the fact that we literally had a tramp in it. Um, I, I like the small scaleness of it, to be honest. I, I think it, 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 it fit that movie. If it had gone to uh, Rocket Man, it had felt out of place. It had felt like they were trying to. It had felt like they were showing you the song rather than the meaning of the song to the story. Mm. I, it just it bothered me that it kind of looked like it was basically right run down that street no run That's down that street no, run down that street it, it literally was that but literally the movie is them running down that street it, it's not a musical number it's them having a moment yeah that, okay that, That's a good that, challenge. that's where I, I, where I liked that I liked the the fucking douchebag radio kid that had all, always had like the fucking new romantic hat on and, and what is it and the fact that he couldn't get in to turn it off which did feel very much like uh, I mean it literally is it, when he takes the hat off and throws it down and grabs the guy it's the same shot as in um Shawshank Redemption mm. if you mirror them next to each other it's the same fucking <laughs> shot and it, again, it's clever filmmaking. Um, and it, it manages to tell, it manages to paint an accurate picture of how shitty Britain was under Thatcherism in the 80s. Um, but at the end of it all, give you a fucking happy ending. Him and his mate going, going round fucking Ashbury Park, 
and having photos taken at all these places. It's fucking dad referring to him as that American Jewish boy. The American Jewish boy, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's great, it's fun, it's funny, it, it's a lot of fun. Um, and How long did it take you to realise that Hayley Atwell was in it, man? A, a, a while. I, I, I have a bit of an issue with Hayley Atwell, but um, but redhead hot teacher Hayley Atwell kind of worked for me, yeah. Who'd have thunk? Who'd have thunk? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but I loved it. I, it. It was a really heartwarming thing. I, we watched it in the middle of the day, which I think helped. Um, yeah. It's a solid day watch. His friends have a good wee, Well, no, because you kind of think that, and then when he says, you know what, I was the only, I was the only kid that stick up for you and stuff when we were in primary. And then you kind of think... Maybe he's, yeah. maybe he's not a wiener. The, 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 the just... he, he's not a dickhead. He's actually a really nice kid. Yeah. And he is yeah. just trying to help him. He's not, you keep thinking, is he going to turn on him and, 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 and use some kind of racist slur against him? And he's he's, he's yeah, just he's nice. He's, he's just his mate. Yeah. And, and I, I quite liked that about him. That probably the only person that, isn't, that, that doesn't have a moment where they are where they are the dickhead mm. is the kid who you think is going to have the biggest dickhead moment. He overreacts a bit, doesn't he, to him mocking his music? Yeah, I, 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 but I think it, it, it's to the whole film is about how music affects mm. teenagers who who are forming their own opinions, and it, it becomes so important to them. Yeah, true. Um, and it, it reflects their. It, it becomes something that that essentially identifies them, mm. and that that's what it is. You know, kids. I don't know what it's like now. They identify them by how many Snapchat followers they have or anything like that. But <laughs> even for our generation, you know, you were identified by which click you were in, which was often yeah, referred back music. to what your music taste was. Yeah. So I, I, I can see that. But yeah, I, I, I loved it. Um,
So, moving on to our latest Patreon pick, which was Rick Jacob, I believe, again. Um, I thought it might have been John Dangerfield. Hang on. Have a check, because I always get this wrong. Yeah, it's not Rick, because he's um, put in a new one. <laughs> Pardon me. Uh... While you're checking that, I'll go for it. So, um, Dark City is a 1998... Uh, Did you see Kim Cattrall liked your the, the tweet about um, yeah, Big Trouble in Little China? Yeah, I did. That's brilliant. I, 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 I will admit, I, I, I got a little bit... Whew, and I had to kind of like fan myself a little bit that Kim Cattrall liked a, a tweet of mine. That is the that's the second tweet ever that Kim Cattrall's liked of mine. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I once tweeted a picture of her as Gracie Law uh, and just put out, um, has there ever been a more perfectly beautiful person than this? Um, and she liked that as well Thank and you. thanked me for it. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that, 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 that did get me a little bit. Um, yes, Dark City. I'm going to let you take this one back because you've been itching to what is it. So I'm going to let you introduce Dark City. Oh, it's got yep. pressure that. I don't know if you I don't You're doing it now. Um, yes, yeah, so Dark City is um, a. Uh, b- 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 directed by Alex Proyas, is it? Is that what you say? It? Yeah. Starring Rufus Sewell, Keith Sutherland, Jennifer Connolly, who is well about halfway through went, oh, Labyrinth! Anyway, um, movie about a guy who wakes up in a hotel room with amnesia and and a dead body, yeah, with like, yes, dead hooker, yeah, um, with weird patterns carved into her and um, it's basically him trying to find out what the fuck's going on mm. and discovering some uncomfortable truths along the way. Yeah. 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 Matt, it was John Dangerfield. <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> um, Mark, what do you think of Dark City? Um, it's it's a shame. Did you watch the director's cut, I'm assuming? Yes. Did you, Ian? Um, no, I rented it on iTunes. So did yours have the voiceover at the beginning? Uh, yeah, which I believe is not the director's cut. No. Um, it's a shame that Alex Press doesn't make these type of movies anymore. Yeah. Because visually, this is absolutely incredible. It's beautiful. Isn't um, it? The cinematography, the direction, the art design, the lighting, the sound. I mean, the lighting is one. Of, it, it's not often that you see one of the stars of a movie you know is the lighting and that's not because it's not often the case it's just not often that you notice it so Mm. much as you do in this movie it's such a dark movie because it's supposed to all be set it's all set at night that's a that's an actual thing within the film Mm. that it has to be night um the 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 the, the sheer skill yeah because a lot of a lot of movies that take that tactic you end up looking at it going what the fuck is going on like you can't yeah. see things clear you never have that with it yes yeah, so, 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 there's a skill level of, 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 of just everybody 
it, all the people behind the scenes in that made this movie were all clearly really fucking good at their jobs. Mm, mm. Um, again, it's it, it's weird that William Hurt William Hurt's an odd actor in the sense that in the eighties he literally for like five years got nominated for an Academy Award for every year I think at one point, <laughs> and then literally he doesn't do anything now. I think the last thing he was in was Humans, the Channel Four show. Goodish humans. I mean, it's a Channel Four show, so uh, yeah. It, it, it's also as well. It's pre twenty four Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. Yeah, uh, which is always quite fun. I like the fact that his eye thing gets just completely keeps changing. What's wrong with that? The entire movie. <laughs> uh, I have an answer for Ian Sledge on this thing. Um, were, were they just were they just there? You know, there were pipes that were sledgehammers. There were pipes that were on the floor. Oh. I, I, I rewatched that scene. I rewound it and rewatched it three times to confirm that they're not sledgehammers, they're pipes. It's just the way that, like, they see the wall and then it, it kind of cuts to Kiefer Sutherland and it cuts back and they're suddenly just hammering the shit out of the wall. Like, it's a bit like that escalated quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they definitely got the pipe. Yeah, it, 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 it's a, it's an incredibly stylish, incredibly. I, I don't. I, I, I never liked when people say um, praise the ambition of a movie mm. as, as something that you should call it a, a quality. Say, well, you know, it was ambitious, but it didn't work. It's like, well, then fuck it. That, that's meaningless. Meaningless, meaningless, to, yeah, meaningless ambition. It's like fucking trying to shot from the fucking corner flag, and that's not even in your own half. You know, it's ambitious, but it's fucking stupid, <laughs> right? Uh, but this is ambitious, and it, it lands everything. And I don't understand why Rufus Stool isn't a bigger fucking star than he is. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I um I enjoy Dark City. Um. I, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, I think I'd only ever watched the director's cut before because I was watching this. I was like, don't quite remember this bit. <laughs> um, so that was that was fun. Um, but yeah, it's um, I, it, it's just the fact that I, I, do you know what? It's really it's really hard to talk about it because I swear the structure of the film is different in in the version I just watched versus the director's cut. Like it's ever so slightly different. It feels like the voiceover at the start gives away quite a lot of the. Yes. Yes, that 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 was what that was what was in my mind's eye. It's like there's a lot more mystery in the director's cut, whether yeah. where, whereas it feels like it is all laid out early on because with you know with the film you've got the um the tuning sequence which features the people in the rundown apartment being turned into like the uh, the posh people yeah. and it kind of, it kind of feels like that's supposed to be the big reveal as to what's going on whereas the voiceover kind of just tells you that very early on in the film really um maybe not in so many words but it it just it felt I kind of felt like I was watching the abridged version of Dark City, um, but from which is which is my fault because I decided to rent it from iTunes. Um, but the 
I, it, like the look of the film is incredible and i mean it's what like a year before the matrix and it's kind of doing the matrix before the matrix but it is more kind of studio-y um but it has a sense of scale at the same time um uh, yeah rufus swall is is great um i like melissa george in her moments as well um it, it was fun to see her um her first film wasn't it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah like uh just off of home and away wasn't she yeah yeah um and um the i, I really like mr uh, mr hand is it uh the richard o'brien character yeah yes like the just the idea of him becoming the thing that Rufus Sewell was supposed to become. Uh, that's just such an interesting idea for an antag- antagonist. It's like playing a dark mirror version of the protagonist, but um, but with the added element of basically being an alien in the body of a dead person. Uh, it's uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I really like it. it. You know, it's sci-fi noir with William Hurt playing a guy called Bumstead. What's not to love? He <laughs> carries an accordion around with him. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, but he doesn't remember when, when his mother gave it to him, which is kind of heartbreaking. Yeah, he's all characters kind of heartbreaking in a, in a mm-hmm. way. So it's quite a summer film. Going back to you, need to talk about now because we we spoke about it, but you were very excited. So. Yeah, well, I think uh, just in, on one point, I think it's it's quite weird. Like like I said before, it's weird watching it with someone who's never watched it before when you've watched it loads, and like what gets picked up on. And and I didn't remember the first time I watched it, I didn't notice that it's never daytime until they mention that it's never daytime. You just kind of think, oh, it's all set at night. Yeah. All the interesting shits going on at night. That's why it's all at night. Whereas Isabel was like, oh my god, yeah, it's never daytime when when they said that bit, and it's it adds a different kind of slant to it, watching it with with someone that's not seen it before. Um, but yeah, it's it's fantastic, and I, I think it's quite interesting. Obviously, the the, the Matrix comparisons are there. Um, you know, it it is thematically quite similar in that it's studying what what makes us us. Is it just the memories that we've got? Is it the electrical impulses that are being fed to our brain, or is there something like deeper? And I think it's 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 an interesting, it's a more interesting take on that than the Matrix is. Mm. Um, again, I think because I've I've just been sort of like reading up little snippets of information about it, and again, you don't necessarily notice there's there's something a bit off about the city. But you don't necessarily notice it's because there's loads of stuff mashed together from different time periods yes. and that obviously is intentional because they've just created this as an experiment basically they've created the city and gone oh what what things are on what things do humans have or oh, they've got this this and this let's just mush them all together yes. um but again it, it adds to that kind of disorienting feeling from very early on that yeah there's something not right here about the uh, about the place um but yeah I, again it's it's one of those films that every time i watch it i like it a little bit more yeah it, there's, there's a lot to say I mean, we've watched it quite a bit over the years haven't we yeah, really. um but it's because i'm mean, just reading those screen up there there's, there's actually quite a lot of differences between the, the 
characters cut on the theatrical cut. Is there? Quite a lot. Not like not in terms of time, but in terms of there's a lot of extended scenes, but less than extended for 30 seconds, which you think doesn't sound an awful lot. Mm. But if you just play someone a 30 second video or something, mm. it, yeah, there's yeah. enough to change it there. Um, and so, the, you know, the, for instance, it, it, I think Britt was saying there that in the, um, there's not a thing about the, his fingerprint being perfect circles. Oh, right. Okay. Um, in the theatrical yeah, cut, which is quite strange. Hmm. So I, I actually don't that's think, where the spirals Yeah, are. I, I don't think I've ever actually seen the, the, no. the, the theatrical cut. No. Uh, apart from when I started the cinema. Um, and that's it. So that's a bit weird. Oh, I mean. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's a fantastic movie, but it, it, I was watching it going, why don't we get this from Alex Prowse anymore? Why, why, why isn't he making films like this anymore? What, what else has he made like recently? <sighs> I think what the last film he made was. He did Gods I of Egypt. Gods of Egypt, yeah. Bit of a pivot. I didn't mind Gods of Egypt to be honest. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I didn't mind Gods of Egypt. None of those people look very Egyptian. I mean, that's that. That's the least of that film's worries. Is it shit? <laughs> I didn't mind it. <laughs> Holy shit! I didn't remember Gods of Egypt being over two hours long. <laughs> Yeah, sounds about right to me. That's another Ger- uh, Gerard Butler banger, isn't it? It is another Butler banger. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh God, is knowing that that um, Nick Cage movie that that goes really weirdly religious at the end. Yeah, I really like knowing. Oh, it made me really angry. Yeah, I, I want. I, I've been tricked into watching a Christian movie. What the fuck's going on? I want to rewatch Knowing. But you can do that on your own. I will rewatch Knowing actually. Just, just, I, I just want to watch it again so I can I can watch it knowing what I'm watching. Um, <laughs> knowing. You want to watch it again so you know what you're watching. Yeah, so I, I know what I'm going in. I don't have that what the fuck is going on here moment. I know that's coming. Mm. Okay. Um, so yeah, so um, I mean, I'm definitely not sure of that. See, I think it, it, it's a it's a cracking film. That's brilliant, yeah. One hundred percent, yep. Good choice. Uh, uh, that city, uh, definitely not shit. Seventy percent. Touching cloth, twenty percent, and Geostorm, ten percent. Those people clearly watched the theatrical one. It's <laughs> a good point, that. Um, I don't, I'm quite intrigued to watch it now. So to the quick, well, that's it. We, we, I watched it earlier. Did you watch it last night? The theatrical. Um, so I asked a question. Uh, sorry, we asked the question. Um, also, a question for you guys is: Which is your first Christmas film watch of the season? So, which film do you watch first every Christmas? Christmas vacation, don't we? Yeah, for us it is Christmas vacation. Yeah, yeah. I watch it on the first of December. It's like. I'm literally like, fucking, come on! Yes, fucking next Sunday. You do that Sunday. so you can fit in like another couple of viewings. It is so I can fit in more than one viewing of Christmas Vacation uh, during a 30-day period. Isabel was humming the tune the other day. Yeah, I will. She, she, I said, what, is that Christmas Vacation? She was like, I'm just really excited, Mum. Can we not start watching them now? I was like, no, it's, it's against the rules. And she was like, I can't even hear anyone, no. <laughs> I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Ian, what's yours? What's your first Christmas watch of the year you go for? It, it, the thing is, it's not, it's not necessarily. Ah, I feel like I'm doing a Jordan 
Um, because like planes, trains, and automobiles. I feel. I'm giving it's Thanksgiving, but I can see his point. Of, of, it's a holiday movie. It, 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 it's a feed of the Christmas movie. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I can definitely have that. Although we do watch uh, planes, trains, and automobiles every Thanksgiving. Yeah. So what's your first actual Christmas movie? Well, this this is the thing. It's like I saw last Christmas, but so technically. I've seen my first Christmas film. I mean, if you're talking like traditionally, I don't know, like traditionally, I'm more kind of like closer to Christmas. So like Christmas Eve on the train to and from work, I have watched for like the last five years, I have watched part of Scrooged. It's happened every year on the train for like the last five years. (laughs) So Scrooged is, is happening then. And it's like, um, it's not a film, but a very Murray Christmas. I watched that a Christmas Eve night. Once um, Don, like Lottie's in bed and Donna's gone to bed, I'll stay up with a couple of drinks and watch a very Murray Christmas. Done that for the last few years. Um, we have very like specifics, don't we, over Christmas? Well, Christmas Eve, definitely. We've but got... even like the 23rd now, we watch Krampus on the 23rd. Yeah, we, we do, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that's the thing. It's like Krampus will get done a few days beforehand. Muppet Christmas Carol will get done like probably christmas eve evening um so i don't necessarily have like a first a, a first christmas film it's more towards Monster. like the few days beforehand you know yeah. die hard gets done krampus does gets done muppet christmas carol gets done um polar i think express black sorry polar express has made it into my regular rotation as well now. oh that's interesting I, I, yeah i should show lots of that this year i think she'd probably probably get a kick out of it yeah uh, yeah, we cause you, we watch um, obviously Christmas Eve night every year for what the past fifteen years we've watched. It's a wonderful uh, life. It's a wonderful life. Mm. That's uh, what. Yeah, and I mean it's like Donna's um, never seen it's a wonderful life. I mean I don't need I've only seen I I only seen it for the first time two years back, but it's 4K on iTunes. So right. and, and I've got it. So um, we'll probably um, sit down and watch that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, I'm trying to think now. Um, all the way. Jingle all the way. We watch Christmas Eve morning with breakfast every year. Oh, do you know what? Lots would probably enjoy Jingle all the way now as well. It's like we're going to try her on Home Alone this year as well. It kind of feels like she's she's become a lot better. Like just very recently at sitting at home and watching a movie. Yeah. So it's like we're all going to watch frozen tomorrow uh evening we're going to go we're all going to go see frozen 2 on saturday um and um you know like she she watched the whole of monsters inc just on the sofa with donna the other day so it kind of feels like she's getting there so it feels like now we're going to be able to kind of ramp up the christmas films and it's like i think she will enjoy home alone um you know the the Grinch, the the one that came out last year. She she's been watching that quite a lot on her iPad recently. So that's the thing. It's like I, I think this year might be the year the country traditions get set for what we do as a family. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I, I'll be honest. I, I I look forward to our traditions of, of film watching. I love having my Christmas Eve morning um, watching Jingle All the Way breakfast, and then I fuck off inevitably to try and find rainbow carrots somewhere uh, while you and Isabel watch um, Muppet Christmas Christmas Carol and Scrooge Scrooge. Um, and then we you know we watch we usually watch um, Home Alone on Christmas morning don't we Um, somewhere around there don't we Mm. 
uh, or some kind of Boxing Day, if we can. But, but yeah, we, we get those in and around there. Um, like I said, Krampus is, um, is 23rd, and usually 21st is Die Hard for some reason. Mm. Um, but yeah, and answers we've had, uh, Rick Kidd uh, said uh, Gremlins. Uh, no, Gremlins. They're yeah. showing the new 4K Master in 4DX in my Cine World in a couple of weeks' time. Oh, I hope that's out. I hope that is at the same time. I hope I, our cinema's open by then. Maybe not. I've got a sinking feeling that might be the same day as our work Christmas party. Um, so you need to get drunk at your work Christmas party, then go to it. Oh shit! There's a fucking there's a half free showing. Oh, do you know what? I might go see Gremlins at half three and then and then go. Yeah. Oh, I'm doing it. But 4DX, can you imagine Gremlins with moving seats and shit? I, 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 when is it? The sixth. Shit, week before our cinema opens. Um, yeah, because we had a right plan, didn't we? We were like... Cine World's open on by election night. We just want to go and spend the entire night there so we can avoid all the news about it. But it opens like three days after us. Oh, it? it's the, oh, um, oh. So when does it open? Fifteenth or something. 15th, oh, that's a shame. They're showing it again on the ninth. No. Uh, yeah, Noel said. Well, apparently it was a rewatch of Why Him the other night, which someone had forgotten was a Christmas movie. Nice. Um, and Paul um, says last Christmas yesterday um, um, did we have any questions we did Woo. Uh, so uh, Gary Clark um, says we're looking forward to Ford versus Ferrari but in your opinion what's the best non-boxing sports movie simply because Rocky is the obvious number one it is the thing that the boxing sports movies tend to be the better sports movies because it does lend itself better towards it. So, best sports movie that's not boxing. I don't know. Give me a minute. I'll be a knobhead and say, um, oh Moneyball. You don't even like Moneyball that much. But it's a very so pretentious can't, answer. Though, you can't it? do that because you don't even like Moneyball that much. I've just called it a pretentious answer. You're probably going to say Moneyball, aren't you? Yeah. Um... I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. Any given Sunday's got to be up there. Yeah. Any given Sunday's a great shout. Any given Sunday's got to be up there. Hoosiers. Got to be up there. What's that? Only for um, Gene Hackman's speech towards the end. Dodgeball. Dodgeball, fair enough, yeah. I mean, it's not that I mean, yeah, yeah, Dodgeball does contain the line, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> <laughs> Which weirdly does come into our, is it? I mean, actually, quite a lot, doesn't it, Max? It does. If anything's complicated to do, one of us will say, but you know what? If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Madonna. I've got one with Madonna. A League of Their Own. Yeah. A League of Their Own is going to start. Um, I call Runnings. Cool Runnings is a is probably the answer. 
White men can't jump. White men can't jump might be the other answer. Yeah, that's it. White men can't jump are cool runnings. Um, Ethan M. Barr, like the Irishman, is uh, about a gangster. What nationality and the profession combo would you want to watch? Uh, Chinese pizza restauranter. I watched the <laughs> fuck out of that movie. Jiro Dreams of Bruschetta. That's yeah. what I'll call it. Who's a star and who directs it? Um, the star, somewhat controversially, will be Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> um, it, sh- it shall be directed by uh, the gentleman who directed Biodome. So, um, Jason Bloom, I think it is. No. <laughs> Not that Jason Bloom. It's not that Jason Bloom. No. Oh damn it! <laughs> I, I think he's. I think the guy who directs it's called Jason. Yeah, Jason Bloom. Yes, I know the director of Biodome. Glaswegian primary school teacher. The Glaswegian primary school teacher. That sounds like it's going to be about a sex pest. <laughs> no, no, it's just because like they swear a lot. Who writes they? it? And who directs it? Oh, I don't know. No, 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 no. Who directs it and who's in it? Who is the Glaswegian primary school teacher in your head right now? Go. Charlton Copley. Charlton Copley. Who's This movie already is fucking incredible. Terry Gilliam. Terry Gilliam directs Charlton Copley as a foul-mouthed Glaswegian primary school teacher. But... But it's actually Chappie too, and Chappie has been rebooted as a Glaswegian high school teacher. <laughs> that does sound like a movie that a Terry Gilliam would make. And that Shelter Copy would be in. And it would be really, really fucking good. Yeah. Go on a budget. Yeah. Be a really troubled production. Ah, <laughs> girls, oh, my answer. That's really fucking good, that actually. Thanks, yeah. You two got really good answers, man. Was your French hooker? Yeah, but what else was it gonna be? <laughs> Fuck it. Exactly, yeah. I don't know. Rosamund Pike plays a housewife with a secret. I don't. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's the secret that she's a French hooker. Uh, yeah, yeah. The secret is that she fucking loves slitting men's throats while orgasming. That's what her secret is. <laughs> I would watch a game the shit out of that movie. Who's directing yours? Uh, Mark Foster. <laughs> no, uh, James Foley. Yeah, okay, that's a good shout. Oh. <laughs> Whilst Becky looks at who, who, who that is and then goes, really? At me. <laughs> uh, we'll go Rick Kid at Rick Kid. What are your top three Scorsese films? Two Jim's uh, Mark. Well, it's clearly one that says director <laughs> next to it. <laughs> it's two different things. Right. I, I, I really want. I really wanted to watch uh, rewatch Casino, but it's not on iTunes or like any streaming service, which is very weird considering it just got a 4K Blu-ray. I, but I want to watch Casino because I think that might be in top three if not if for nothing but leakage my balls which is still one of the finest fucking line readings I've ever heard in my life. Uh, but, yeah, I mean... It's not on iTunes. I'd, I'd, I'd be tempted to go Mean Streets, Shutter Island, The Irishman, 
Um, I rewatch Mean Streets a lot. Um, weirdly, like I, I think I've watched that film like once a year for the last few years, and I don't tend to do that with Scorsese, so it's weird. Taxi Driver, I respect the fuck out of Taxi Driver, and I watched it not long ago. Um, but I can't watch that film all that often. Um, yeah. so yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I'm. Uh, I bought Hugo on iTunes, which I'm planning on watching this week. I'm kind of intrigued to see how that holds up. But yeah, you, you were a very big fan of that, weren't you? I fucking, I just, I remember loving Hugo so much, and I'm really looking forward to giving it another go. What, what, what are your aspects to touch me? Uh, Wolf of Wall Street, Shutter Island, and Goodfellas. That's quite good. Good one, Yasmin. I really like Goodfellas. Kate Fear would probably be the next one along. Um, mine would be Wolf of Wall Street, Goodfellas, Taxi Driver. But ask me tomorrow, and I'll probably change my mind and throw King of Comedy in there. Yeah, King of Comedy troubles mine. Yeah. <laughs> It is fucking mental, just like how much you can you can pick. Mm. I, I, I I need to. I really want to rewatch uh, New York, New York, just because I haven't watched it in a long time, and I, I, I've always thought that it never quite. It always gets spoken about as Scorsese's mistake, and I think that that's true is his indulgence but i do think there's also some really great stuff in there i don't think you know it, it, it's it's de niro playing an absolute fucking prick yep i don't know but how to respond to that i don't either siri no. uh, <laughs> so yeah um yeah that was that was that that was our last question um so yeah that brings out close to episode 324 what we're covering next week Ian? Uh, so we've got the Chadwick Boseman starring uh, uh, 21 Bridges. Uh, which everybody is looking at that and going, well, that isn't available on a streaming service, it's just in cinemas. It is a bit like that, isn't it? It, it, it is. And it's from the visionary directors of um, all the Marvel movies, except they're just producing it. Damn, is that is there nothing good out next week? Um, well, Knives Out is out on Wednesday, so if you guys could get to that on Wednesday, we could review it on Thursday. We could. We'll talk about Wednesday out. Mm. Yeah. yeah, but you're going to get ink injected into your skin. We'll go as well. All right. We'll be older by then. I will be older by then, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Old man, aren't you? Apparently, yeah. Well, year older than me. Oh, I'm not actually at the moment. You will be on Monday. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, what do we do? We actually think we could do Knives Out. Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 yeah. yeah. Let's skip. Oh, ah, uh, no. I won't what? get on Thursday. Make my work late Thursday because it's, it's involved that Friday. Mm-hmm. Shit. We'll work some out, guys. Well, I mean, I don't know. We've got 21 Bridges. Um, we could we could catch up with The King, maybe, on Netflix. Um, 
I'm really I mean, I, 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 to see that now. From I've gone from not being interested at all and actively not wanting to see it to seeing clips of Robert Pattinson's French accent and him telling Timothy Chalamet that he's got giant balls and a tiny cock. And now I really want to see it. Uh, we could possibly do what is it? Um, because I do finish at seven, but if you guys start out, I can just pick up when I get home. Right. Okay. So let's let's do a little bit of um, podcast admin. Then I'm gonna have a look on the View website and see what time Knives Out, Knives Out is um, showing on uh, Wednesday. You see, this is the thing. Once you guys get a cinema, there's an unlimited screening of Knives Out on Monday evening. So it's like I'm just gonna go to that. Um, it's like it's kind of crazy that they've got an unlimited screening of Knives Out on Monday. They're doing unlimited of Charlie's Angels on the Tuesday. The following Saturday, they've got an unlimited of that John Cena firefighter comedy for some fucking reason. Um, they've got that's Jum- more money than um, Charlie's Angels at the box office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they've got the new Jumanji like a week before it actually comes out. Um, like. You know, I mean, to be fair, Odeon do a lot of this with their Limitless stuff as well. But um, Unlimited is solid. They've got Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood, the the week of Star Wars. There's a secret Unlimited screening around that time as well. Um, You know, it's it's good value shit, I must say. Um, One at five o'clock, we'll probably get to. What, of Nice Out? Yeah. On Wednesday? Yeah. How do you know? It's on the new website, right? Yeah. 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 I think I've got work drinks like that, you see. All right. Yeah. Okay, so we're good then. It's knives out next week. Yeah, we should be able to make that work. Fucking A. All right, sweet. Um, I'll I'll talk about 21 Bridges anyway, but uh, yeah, good. And Mark, are you going to catch up with Le Le Mans 66 at some point? Yes, I'm going to try and catch up with that. Yeah, I I do. I do kind of want to go and see that, so I might might go and see it as my birthday movie. Cool, cool. Nice. Uh, right, good. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, that was episode 324. Uh, thank you very much for listening, guys. Um, thanks for listening. Thank you very much, Ian. Uh, and we shall speak to you. We shall speak to you next week, and we shall leave you with possibly the great pop song of all time.
podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. <laughs>